Welcome to Nerd Thug Radio Talking on Murder Green Music. We got Joey Savage here. Broccoli and cheese. I got the Red Nico. You forgot what, uh, all the throwbacks. It, you know, I didn't forget it. I'm trying to wean myself from saying it because I now say it almost attached to everything. <laughs> You're like, hi, welcome for calling data research. Yeah. With the throwbacks. I'm I mean, cracked. the other day, literally, I was microwaving a lunch and I was talking to someone and I said home of the throwbacks in the conversation. <laughs> and they kind of looked at me odd, like it sort of fit, but it didn't really. And I was like, you know what? Let's just. You know what I tried to do this week? What'd you try? I tried to insert, you might as well be walking on the sun after every comment someone made. <laughs> Why? You know the Smash Mouth? Yeah. You might as well be walking. But, like, they had a way of trying to act like everything they, like, all of their choruses were just common phrases, and they never were. No, but, why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? That's a good one. My boss will say something to me, and I'll just be like, we might as well be walking on the sun. That's not a phrase. No, it's not not anything someone says. Like, 50% of the time, they just looked at me like, what the heck are you talking about? I don't know, man, but you might as well be walking on the sun. The only way to say that is just to get up and walk away. Just get up and walk away. Might as well be walking on the sun and just walk away. So there's no possible, like, go back to that. (laughs) So we got a big show planned We do, we do. Uh, Episode 6. Man, I know. Episode 6 coming live from the Nerd Thug Radio Studio. Yeah, we could call this a studio. We're going to call it a studio. Live from the studio. If you haven't yet, this is the first show we've done this. We released a video on YouTube. It is the Nerd Thug Radio pre-show. So you kind of got a glimpse of how we come up with these, and you're going to be really disappointed because you probably think we put effort into this. And we really don't. We, no. uh, you know, I, I take notes. There, there are notes. There are notes. I take notes, and I plan out what segments we're going to talk about. You know, We talk all week about, hey, we should talk about this, we should talk about that. So we do plan it out. Right. You right. just don't That's go fair. into a lab and just write down yeah. like 100 thoughts, and then like, okay, we only got three to go. To we're not school. Eminem and Dr. Dre. We're, we're not, not writing we're lyrics not, all we're week. Not in the, we're not in the, uh, the lab going crazy. Right. With a pen and a pad, with a pen trying and to pad. get the damn yeah. label. Might as well be walking on the sun. Well, not yet. Not, no. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be walking on the sun. Also, I feel like I need a catchphrase. Really? Okay, there we go. The catchphrase is, I'm the captain. That's I'm the it. captain. That's it? Captain. Captain. All right, so when you introduce me as Joey Savage, I just need to go, I'm the captain. Right. Because like the first show, I kept going, yo. Right. And then I was like, talking nerdy. You tried all kinds of then things. Then I just said broccoli and cheese. I think you said mac and cheese in the I in said the mac and game. cheese on the video. Yeah. yeah. I'm the captain. So yeah, I think, I think, but you should do you it. Say that, you say that in retort to everything. Right. right. You yeah. should just do that in the African voice though. No, no. Look at me. Look no, at no. me. Look at me. I'm the captain. I'm the captain here. Yeah, I'm the captain now. I'm the captain here. Somalian? Yeah, Somalian. That's African? Somalian. That is African. No, but you just gotta specify. He's Someone Somalian. today told Africa me. Africa is a continent. Actually, so. <laughs> right. A good friend of, of ours and of the show, uh, Steve Pacini. Oh, oh. He also has a podcast called Rhetorical Jesters. If you want to listen to people talk about real stuff and real life meaning, talk, listen to those guys. Hey, we're real people. If you want to talk about yeah. nonsense, you listen to us. But anyways, today. We are the king of nonsense. I was giving him the history of where. Um, Indian Pell L came about. Oh, yeah. And uh, he said, you know, we were talking about India, and then I got to South Africa somehow, and he's like, you could pass as a South African. Really? Okay. That sounds good. I don't see it. Um, we had, uh, I went to high school with a family that was South African. I think they came over, I'm not 100% about this, so I might be wrong, but they came over during the apartheid stuff. So on the Mayflower. Mm. I'm just kidding. Yeah, history. <laughs> history. Uh, so, walking on the sun. So like when... Uh, so like when Sting <laughs> was doing his concert funny. to free, to, to yeah, yeah, yeah. get rid of apartheid... These guys like left. I think I they were. I think they were like lower income, but they were white, so they didn't want to deal. So they with come it. over here and they're like high income. Now. Right. They didn't want to deal with like class issues after everything. Got. Yeah, understandable. So, Very but cool. they all had this kind of cool accent. It's not quite Australian. Not it's quite, not quite British, British. It's not very African. It's it's a sexiness. It's yeah, a sexiness. it really is. I don't know how we digress to a sexy South African boys. The District Nine director. Yeah, I think it's Neil Blumkoff. 
Sounds good. He also made uh, Elysium, and he also made uh, Elysium was really uh, and good. Chappie. 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 You know, I haven't seen that, but I heard it was decent. Uh, it does. It ends kind of scary because it looks like it's the rise of artificial intelligence at the end of the movie. Oh, that's crazy. You yeah. know, there's another movie. I don't even know the name of it, so I'm going to research it. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. It features Patrick Stewart playing a uh, neo-Nazi bar owner. Oh, you know um, I'm talking about Green Room. Green Room. Oh man, I want to see that movie. Uh, it seems kind of interesting. It seems like the old school like suspense. Murder yeah, yeah, and it's movie. like it happens in in the bar only. So yeah, that's gonna be kind. That's gonna okay, be so cool. we digress. But so anyway, he's South African, and then so he features a lot of South Africans in his movies. So maybe I should get a role with that guy. Yeah, I well, mean, I look the part apparently, and I'm the captain. All right, so let's jump into uh, the first bit. Okay, so you were um, you wanted to talk about something here? So let me uh, let me just set the the story here. Again. Yeah, please do, please. So do. we just got over this crazy flood here in Houston. A lot of people were devastated. A lot of people's homes were ruined. So a lot of companies around here are right. kind of helping their employees out, trying to get people back on their feet. So there's a lady in my office, and uh, she got flood water in her house, lost some furniture or whatever. And by no means of her own should she say anything. Somebody else from our office, you know, informed our parent company. And so this Monday, they showed up, one of the ladies from HR, and they presented her with a flood relief check. That's so That's so awesome. Now, really, that's I'm not cool. quite sure how much it was for. But from what I could gather, it wasn't like here's a thousand dollars, right? Here's five thousand dollars. It was it was it was more it was like the two hundred to three hundred dollar range. Okay, okay. So I started joking with her because this lady had been talking for a full week how she wants to go on another cruise. So I made the joke, "Hey, you've got a down payment money, you can go on a cruise now." Boom. And so we all started laughing. And so then it got me thinking: if someone gave you money for something like that, what is the worst way you could spend it? <laughs> and now, it doesn't have to be just flood relief or disaster relief, <laughs> but like charity money meant no, for so, something. So, or example like this, Nico is about to graduate here in a few weeks. Right. Somebody could give him money for graduation, which they think he's going to spend it on books or a class he's going to take next semester right. or paying you know bills in a college dorm. Instantly but no, they're going to spend it on nerd stuff. Yeah. So right. we started talking about it. I came up with this idea. You thought it was great. Me and my wife talked about it. I've got a ton load of ideas. So we're going to try to start this hashtag called hashtag worst way. So if you're involved on Twitter, you're on Facebook, Instagram, give us your thoughts on the worst way you could spend some relief money <laughs> or some graduation money. Just tag it with worst way. Give us your idea. But we have some ideas of our own. We do. We do. Corey, do you have an idea you want to start with? <laughs> so the first thing I thought about is I I actually had a friend who famously in, in, in Allison had some FEMA money come his way uh, on a FEMA card. He owned a trailer out in some land and the trailer got destroyed. Nobody even lived in it, but they wound up claiming that as like a primary. Yeah. So they got like the FEMA card for like oh, eight wow. months. That's awesome. This guy lived like the baller life. Is this so, the like, same guy that wanted to be interviewed wearing a mask? No, no. This on is, radio. This is actually the Riddler. The Riddler. The Riddler. Oh, this the Riddler. is the Riddler. Um, the Riddler who makes just poor life decisions in general. Uh, the Riddler literally <laughs> no one he hates this so show. Questions. <laughs> he hates this show. <laughs> If he listens, he's gonna be. I'm gonna get a text later. He's gonna be like, "WTF, bro?" With I like to go. Questions. I like to go. WDF. Oh, what no? Because know. because you don't speak the English. I don't speak the English. <laughs> I the captain. I the uh, captain. Yeah. But so, so now you're getting involved. Awesome. So he he definitely <laughs> lived the female rich life. So he got like uh, he got a couple of new tattoos. See, before you even finish this statement here, <laughs> so I approached my boss because she sits right across from me and our good buddy Steve Pacini from Rhetorical Jesters. And the first thing I said was, I would go get a tattoo on one of my arms, like cut, you know, fin one of the holes. I would immediately take a picture on Instagram or Twitter and be like, hashtag worst way. Thank you, DSP, for the relief money. And like, it would be something stupid. It's going to be your house flooded. Yeah, like yeah. A flooded house yeah. or something. Rather than fix it, just but put that, a little house floating. In that was my first thought process right there is, 
I'm gonna get, I'd get a tattoo with this money. He got some fairly large tattoos on his arms, if I remember. Like they were pretty like Justin big. Bieber big. So like yeah. he had one big one on a, on a forearm and nothing else. On yeah, the body. yeah. And like, so a little, 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 and then bam, 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 one giant one. Yeah, all the little, like all the little like, that says like Jesus loves you. Similar, right? Similar. It was uh, it was like the it was the Jesus hands. So he's Methodist. He was pretty. He was pretty hood. So he went, you know, the, you know, oh, like, he went, no, not Jesus hands cross. He just went straight Jesus hands. Straight Jesus hands. You know, yeah. Jesus tattooed on my arm. You I'm, do. I'm more dope than he is. He looks a little bit like the guy who just showed up in The Walking Dead, though. Really? Your Jesus tattoo? Oh, Jesus? Yeah. Dude, this guy's awesome. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> it's, it's sweet. You just looked at it and realized you have a Walking Dead character on your arm, didn't you? So, like, the second thing I thought of that I would do, I would just walk into a random bar and just be like, shots on me and just drop $300 <laughs> down. I wouldn't even take a shot myself. No. I just, just drop 300 bucks. Order a shot round of shots with the whole bar and then just walk out <laughs> like, but I would like snap, cool. I would snapchat it as it was happening be like thanks DXP <laughs> debt relief money going to shots to get these people drunk yeah so hey. the other the other thing he did famously with the FEMA money was he uh he put new wheels on his car. New wheels. New wheels. New wheels Not on tires, wheels. He wheels. Went, like he went and bought new wheels on the car. Oh, that's so hood rich. The, the the best part was we used to hang out kind of regularly and there were a bunch of us who were a lot younger. So it was the summer when we weren't in college, you know, we we're taking a break from semesters. So we would meet up a lot of time at a friend's house and a lot of us would just bring a couple bottles of liquor and we'd just hang out, watch TV, play video games, and just get drunk and just kind of be fools. Well, he showed up without any booze and he had said he was gonna go on a booze run. And he walked in first words out of his mouth that were never a question honestly as long as I can remember him. he literally goes man my FEMA card ran out and it was like the was that the only time he's ever made a statement not asking as a question as long as I can think of him that's the only non-question man my FEMA card done got busted so I literally we just died laughing because it was such a perfect thing you would expect to hear come out of his mouth that's when we were like oh you do have new tattoos and you do have new wheels on your car how'd you get a FEMA card and so he tells us <laughs> the story that's so balling like <laughs> And then he was just upset about yeah, it. Yeah, he was so Man. down. He was like, the oh, one. No. The one statement was was his FEMA card. <laughs> so when I, when I asked my wife this question, she ran with it. And her first two responses were both gambling. So her first one was like, I'd go down to the gas station and I'd buy $200 worth of scratchers and Man. a pack of cigarettes. A pack of cigarettes. I was like, you don't even smoke. She's like, yeah, but if you buy scratchers, you got to buy cigarettes. That's true. That's so the rule. So $200 is a lot of tickets. I can just see her like all spread out in the living room. Like <laughs> the kids are over here like, I want to scratch some. It's like, <laughs> We're gonna win big here. And then, and then she smoked, was, and then you smoked the cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, "Or I would just drive to Cachada and put it all on black. Win or lose, I turn around and go back home." That that would be, awesome. be pretty awesome. That right? would be awesome. It kind of reminds me of that movie um, Empire Records. You ever seen? Where that movie? it starts off, he's gambling. Yeah, he's yes. trying to gamble to store money to keep the store alive. That's awesome. It's so awful. So Corey, DLG, what would I do? What would you do? Oh man. With okay. Hashtag worst way. So if it's a small amount of money, it's only a couple hundred bucks. We're saying let's two, say two fifty. Two fifty. Two fifty. Okay. Okay. So if it's just like two fifty, yeah, I would totally blow it like on clicks or something. Yeah, you can buy like a whole brick. Yeah, just or buy case, a, I guess. a case, a case, a of, case, a case, or like buy like some like uh some like crazy right. LEs that normally I would never even consider. <laughs> buy, <laughs> buy a whole case and then we'll like open it up on the YouTube channel and be like, yeah. What's no, the name like, of, what, no, no, what, what no, I'm FMA Alliance. Like, FMA Alliance. Thanks for the clicks, bro. Shouting out. Shout out to FMA Alliance. That's really good. Cool. But, uh, no, like, maybe buy, like, one of those $100 chases, you know, <laughs> that I'm never gonna You know get. what? I'm gonna get myself a Nick Fury. <laughs> I'll take two, please. Balls of Fury in my hand. And a Nighthawk Prime while I'm at it. Just go shopping for <laughs> yeah, all the stuff you would never get. That's, it's probably, or, or, like, art. 
I always want to hang art, but I don't really. I buy all it's the so art. Expensive. I buy all my art at the uh, at the conventions. conventions. Yeah, See, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe I'd go. Like maybe I commission my own art piece from an artist. Do you remember? I'm still wanting to do this. Okay, a few years a few years back, I said I wanted to get a picture of you as a superhero. Yeah, you're gonna get tattooed. I'm, gonna get tattooed. I'm still gonna do it. All right. Okay. I'm gonna get. A- a character of you as some kind of superhero and get a tattooed on my leg. Here's the thing that makes me uncomfortable about that. A lot of times when people get a tattoo of somebody, it's like in memorial. No, I'll, so yeah, like I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little worried that you're gonna put it on your leg and people are gonna be like, oh, when did he? And then I'm gonna be like, no, like, I'm like, no, that's me. I'm right. This next is my to heterosexual me. life partner. Right. That's a shout out to Jay and Silent Bob right there. No, I got it. Yeah. I, boom. I so, just, I didn't realize I was committed. For life, dude. It's been you're thirty-two. Get a tattoo. It's been thirty-two <laughs> years. He's gonna get a tattoo. It's been He's thirty-two years. For life. I'm not committed for life. <laughs> so you're just gonna, just gonna split. He's gonna get it's the tattoo. Thirty-two and you're years. Like, cool, I think if you were gonna back out, you would have backed out. I'm waiting for you to get the tattoo so that then I can bail. You, and you, you know what, fam? I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> That's a nice it's, tattoo, bro. I'm out. We're gonna like show up at Thanksgiving, and you're like, I don't know you. This Corey, is weird. We've been friends and family for 32 years. I'm done, bro. Nah, nah. I would take 250 bucks and I'd go straight to Chuck E. Cheese and just go. <laughs> <laughs> do that just video the whole time. Be like that little kid in the video who runs up and takes the ski balls away from everyone yeah. else. You know how hard it is. You know how hard it is though to go to Chuck E. Cheese and get a table for one. It's okay. I, true story. It, it, it lends nothing to my credibility as someone who doesn't drive a pedophilia <laughs> van but because you drive a Dodge Avenger right hey, I don't drive I don't drive a get in my van little kid nerd though okay you drive so, an Avenger I drive an Avenger nerd though they used, I used to go to Bedrock City Comics the one on veterans in 1960 okay. they used to be replug I suppose they used to be where I would buy my comic book because there was a half price books next door you there was a half price books get some trades there was a Chinese buffet ooh yeah and there was a uh, the, dollar theater there was a dollar theater nearby yep. but there was also right there Chuck E. Cheese ooh Wow. So All I had never things so close together. It's, right. It's so I had never had never Chuck E. Cheese until my Padawan young Nico here was a was a young babe in the woods still. Yeah, you know why you never had Chuck E. Cheese? Where did we go instead? We went to uh R.I.P. Yeah. Celebration Station. Woo-hoo. God, now it's like amazing. Zoom, Zoom. It's nothing. It's just shut down. Oh, really? I drive by there now. It's and just it's a like big a, field of grass and an open oh, building. No oh, and go-kart track that we used to play uh, should, that X-Men be, Arcade. Yeah, the six-player one. We should, we should buy that. All right, so go back. We should buy that. Go back but to so, uh, Chuck young, E. Cheese. Uh, my young Padawan here was a babe in the woods, and so he was having his child birthdays at Chuck E. Cheese. Nice. And I discovered that the pizza there is delicious. It is really good. And it's like six bucks. It is cheap. So I was like, man, these are good pizzas, and they are only $6. So I would buy my comic books, and I'd be like, you know what, dude? I want to sit and read because I like to sit and read. And sometimes the Chinese buffet would make an ugly face if I stayed for more than <laughs> So you remember we would eat Chinese food at the same place four days in a row? <laughs> yes. Was, and yes. I All right. That was good. No, so good. So good. And they All live right. right next to it. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so we, we went to Chuck E. I went to, I went to Chuck E. Cheese and they wouldn't let me in. <laughs> Because I was 17. Where's your child? Right. I was 17, and they were like, oh, we don't let minors in without an, uh, an accompanying adult. And I was like, oh, well, I just want to sit and read my comics and eat a pizza. It's like, I'm going to be a paying customer. And they were like, no, we, we don't do that. No. And I was like, wait, I don't understand. And that was pre-beard. Uh, that was pre-beard. Yeah. And that was actually when they still served beer there. Wow. And so the, literally they wouldn't let me in. And then after about 10 minutes of talking to people, the manager asked me to leave. Because I was like, well, just like I just want to. You're wanna... causing a scene. Yeah. I was like, I just want to sit Fresh and eat a boy, pizza. You're starting a ruckus in here and we got to get you out. And the thing of it was, there was like six people inside. Like there was no one. They never would. I, 
I would have sat at corner. It's like by one myself. o'clock in the afternoon yeah. on a Tuesday. Yeah, I got out of school. I'd gone to buy comics. Everybody's at work and you're right. just get, trying to get some Chuck E. Cheese. Just gonna eat a nice little pizza and read comic books. And he, they wouldn't even let me in. They wouldn't let me in because I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't an adult and I wasn't accompanying a child. Therefore I couldn't get into the place. That sounds horrible. It was I they, they asked me I got kicked out of the Chuck E. Cheese. They were like, You need to leave, sir. <laughs> I've always wanted one of those. That's, that's horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really want one of those teacup pigs. Oh yeah, but they don't stay small. Well, some of them do it. Well, they say it depends on how much you feed them. Oh, really? So maybe I'll just buy a pig okay. with my debt relief money. You know, I'd take pig. it everywhere I went. I'd probably like paint DXP on the side of it or like debt relief on you the side. You can tattoo a pig. Yeah, you can. Closest uh, to a human skin, pig skin. Right. So you could tattoo yep. a pig and you could tattoo DXP on it. Or I'd go buy like an alligator and then like a day later. Because I didn't, it wouldn't play catch. I would just release it in the bayou. Oh, uh, you know what? That's a good idea. That's good. That's good for the community. <laughs> That's good for the community. <laughs> Something to help keep the dog population. So, down. Nico, you've been rather quiet here. Worst so way to blow the money. If Grandma Ethel or uh, Abuelita Ethel, Ma- <laughs> Ethel. <laughs> Abuelita Ethel, no, Ab- Abuela Ethel, uh, gave you two hundred fifty dollars right. towards tuition because you're graduating, okay. what would you do instead? Hashtag worst way. So instantly, the first thing I would do is I would see how much money. I currently have, and then buy. You probably buy a bag of uh, Lay's limon chips first, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd buy. Yep. I'd buy at least 30, 30 bags of Lay's limon chips, and then and then I would buy a Yu Gi Oh deck because those things are so expensive. I'm gonna get max rarity everything because I'm I'm horrible. <laughs> Only max max rarity everything, so I can just be like, oh yeah. Check out my cards. I don't even know how to play this correctly. <laughs> Every time I hear the word Yu-Gi-Oh, I just want to be like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Not Rufio, but Yu-Gi-Oh! Every time they do that when they start a match, like, you have to show your other, your opponent your cards and you both look at each other, hold hands and go, Yu-Gi-Oh! No, actually, it's, awesome. actually it's way more quiet because the, oh. the, the, the oh. feel around Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments is very, they're very quiet. Like, some people just don't even talk. They're just like, all right. They're would just, you they're say... Just, they're just hand gesture towards all their cards. Would you say Yu-Gi-Oh players are more serious than Magic players? I've, I've watched, actually, I watched a game of Magic today. They were playing a lot of games of Magic at school because we were doing nothing. Congrats, um, congrats. Public education? Public education. At its finest. Well, it was to make up for all the days. That you know what? Hold that thought because we've got a bit a little later. We're going to talk a little magic. Right. Talk some magic. right. We're going to talk some magic together. I'll, yeah, I'll put that in later. So, no any, either of you guys have any more um, hashtag worst way ideas you could drop some some debt relief or graduation money? You'd, I do. Insta- you'd instantly just buy something you couldn't afford. I just go buy an eight ball, go to the strip club, and have fun for like an hour. There you go. I mean, that you'd be just about, I mean, $250 isn't going far. Yeah, so like 120 for an A ball, I'd probably get like but there's, four but there's, lap dances and be done. Right. There's, <laughs> that sounds there's like a, my 20s. There's a strip club, <laughs> the strip club not too far from our house, Monday through Friday, free buffet. That's right. You can eat yeah, it's right across. It's right around the corner from my work. Every time, like one of my uh, customers or like one of our vendor reps is like, "Hey, let's go to lunch. Where do we go?" It's like, "Let's go down straight to the strip club. Free buffet, man." It's true, and they they think I'm serious, but I'm kind of joking and serious at the same time. You want to see if they're gonna? Say yeah, yes? I want to see what they say. Like if they're like, "Well, you know," I'm like, "Yeah, no, man, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Dirty." And then they're like, much love the strippers. And then like, what? So we don't, cause I've got like two hours. Oh, okay, cool. Let's go. <laughs> Tell my boss, hey, I'll be back in an hour and a half. I'm and going I'm, to branch eight. And I'm not gonna smell, I'm not gonna smell good. I'm not, yeah, I'm gonna go to branch eight. I might smell very perfumey when I come back. <laughs> Mixed with a little bit of smoke. And, uh, and vanilla skin lotion. Speaking of vanilla skin lotion. Yes. Let's bounce into Beyonce now, or you wanna take a quick break? No, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk Beyonce and Jay-Z very, album. Very briefly, cause I don't like Beyonce. Oh, man. Hater. All right, guys. Let me tell you about one of my good friends and a longtime fan and supporter of the show, Wrecker Mike. 
He's a good friend, and he, he takes care of me every time I've had myself in a bit of trouble, and he can help you guys out too. Whether you simply locked your keys in your car, or God forbid you get in a car accident or something, and you, or you want to try and just save some money on a deductible, or you've had too much to drink, and you just don't want to mess with the DUI or even run the chance of getting one, Wrecker Mike can help you out. You want to give him a call at 281-830-5819. That's 281-830-5819. Record Mike, he's my friend, and trust me, when you need him, you want him to be your friend, too. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to buy ads for the month of May. All right, welcome back, guys. And so when we left, we talked about uh, vanilla skin lotion because we were talking about strippers, which we know nothing about. None of us. But we're going to transition this segment into Jay-Z versus Beyonce, the lyrical battle of the century. So I I want to say it like this, because this is how I say it. Okay, go ahead. Beyonce. 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 So we're sitting here, Corey DLG, Joey Savage, and uh, Jay-Z's apprentice, Nico. Kanye just got booted. Kanye just got booted. So I read the story today um, where allegedly... Well, hang on. Before we get to that, those who don't know, yeah, bust us over the weekend, Beyonce, Beyonce, two weekends ago, two weekends ago, Beyonce released the same week as Game of Thrones premiere. Smart yeah. on her. Smart on her. Was it though? Yeah, because I feel like... I'm, was it, though? I feel like people were like... They were already looking at the guide earlier in the day to make sure they record a Game of Thrones, and then they saw Beyoncé Lemonade, and they were like, what okay, is this? Okay. I should record. Go for it. So she basically made like an audio album that first released on Tidal for 24 hours, and then it was all the videos and like the story version of the album was on HBO right, as like a 30-minute right. special. And essentially, it was a it was a pretty serious diss track against Jay-Z's... Fidelity issues? Well, nowhere in any of the songs does she specifically mention the name Jay-Z like right. at him. But it, it's purposely... everyone is speculating and everyone's 99.9% positive that it's a, it is, it is a the stab Jay-Z. at Jay-Z for cheating on her with some fashion designer is what I heard. Well, and, and here's the thing. Uh, a lot of famous couples, a lot of times they allow indiscretion outside the home. Remember in the Ray Charles documentary, nope. the, the, the the Ray Charles movie with Jamie Foxx. Didn't watch it. You didn't watch the one with Jamie Foxx? Man, okay. I so, couldn't see it. My- <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. So, so anyway, Jamie Foxx's wife famously kind of tells him, "You keep the road on the road." Yeah. And then later, uh, I've heard it a lot. You know, one of the later in the movie, one of the girls dies, and I she has a that. child. You would cheat on Beyonce. Yeah, I'm more of a Kelly Rowland. Ooh, see, I'm 100 percent Team Beyonce. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Beyonce. Never really have been. I know oh, she's man. from H Town. You got to represent the H, bro. No, why? What God? Cause she's fine. I'm from Conrad. Ooh. I represent the rope. <clears throat> R O E. Man, who was the uh, who was the kid from Conrad who was like rapping all the time and he was like repping the three three six? It's the nine three six. No, no, the three, the, like the loop. He oh, was, I don't even. Dude, know. Like literally, he was he would rap and he would talk about like living that three three six life in the one hundred five and. That's so, funny. anyways, yeah. I digress. We did. We got off topic. However, so essentially, uh, allegedly, the the media kind of was trying to figure out who it was for a little bit. And, I mean, it's pretty. If you listen to it, I, mean, I haven't listened to it at all. So I had Beyonce. Neither have I. Uh, but I heard about. I'm it. I'm sure Corey has because he likes Taylor Swift and Beyonce. Like, I'm sorry, his that top five music idols are all females. Uh, listen, there's a four year old black girl inside of me. She just wants to get out and <laughs> release is, the soul. We're gonna have to call it cops. Like so younger Aretha Franklin. So I read this story today where. <laughs> Supposedly slash allegedly, Jay-Z is working on a retaliation album. Ooh, okay. In response album. to tell his good. side of the story. That's like him and Nas all over again. Actually, you know what I think this is, though? I think this is really smart marketing. Honestly. I really I really hope at the end of it that they're just like, now nah, we just blame. Well, or it was like it was about different <laughs> yeah. people. Now nah, we just blame. Each other. Well, we no, I think you can be about each other and still be marketing. Like, you're, you're married. 
I am married. And so the thing that... Eight years going strong. Oh, so terrible. I mean, awesome. No. So the thing that I notice about marriage, uh, especially strong ones, is that you guys can, you guys can go at each other, but then at the same time, you, you come back. At the end of the day, we're going to sleep in the same bed. Right. So at the, you know, I'm going to rub up on her booty. Oh, God. That sounds amazing. So terrible. <laughs> amazing. Just the image of you. Ugh. Okay. All right. So moving, moving through that terrible, terrible, uh, comment. Um, the, you know, the idea that they can both do this, they're both going to bring money into the house for it. And at the end of the day, they both know, like, it's a relationship that's kind of perfect for them because who else are they going to be with? Like, no one else understands these dynamics. It's not like, it's not like Beyonce could marry, she'd probably just go marry some, like, C-class basketball player. No, because she's no Kardashian. She's a classic <laughs> lady. Matter of fact, they didn't even want the Kardashians and the cameras at their wedding. Like, no, they did not. So, like, I really just hope at the end of the day, they're just like, ha, we planned. I, I, we didn't I, cheat on each other. We just did this all for fun. I we think, they, I think they could have cheated on each other and made this album and even... Well, actually, she didn't cheat on them. And even still be angry at each other, but then turn around and kind of embrace the idea that, listen, we, we had a rough spot. But it's not going to affect our marriage. We're going to come back from this better than ever. I think I think it could be both real and marketing at the same time. It could be. But this is what I want to do. I want to talk nerdy. Okay. I mean, I'm over Beyonce. Oh, man. I just... First of all, she's been such an accomplished musician. I, really? Yeah. She really has. Yes. Ashy. Like a million number Ashy. ones. Yeah, I think she owns some I put some an records. album out every five years, so I'm an icon. Well, she was already an icon, yeah. and then she put out albums over five Does she years. want you to pay her bills, or does she want to be an independent woman? I can't decide. Well, when she was... She can't decide. When she was young and rolling with the crew, she, she wanted decide. you to pay her bills. But she wanted to be independent at the same time. Well, well if you want to be independent, pay your own bills. No, she turned independent when she went on her own. I don't know. Either well, way. Well, she got them checks. Either she way. She didn't need you, so. Either way, I'm over. So, let's just jump out real quick to a break. And let's come back. Let's talk nerdy. <laughs> can wow, we do you, that? you already, you yeah. abandoned He's like, done, man. He's been like, it's been like 10 seconds. What else can like, you talk about? I really don't like me, I'll say. What else can you talk about? I mean, there's so much to say. Jay-Z's quite, he's an important. I got an idea. Why don't you call up Steve, go over to Uncle Jester's, and y'all talk all this, you know, marriage stuff. You're going to do marriage counseling episode. Marriage counseling. <laughs> you two. So you don't think that this is kind of a like a, a smart thing on their part at all? No, I mean, it could be a smart business move. You know, they could say, hey, oh, they're going to make, they're gonna make so you much me. money. You know, they they're have a strong already, marriage. They're already the billion couple. Yeah, they, they have a strong sure. marriage, the Illuminati, and they can come through and be like, hey, let's take Illuminati. this. <laughs> what does that have to do with this at all? <laughs> they're in the Illuminati, bro. That's not even a thing. So they could say, let's take this, Illuminati let's let's make money off of your infidelity. Well, and also, actually, they would have made more money if she videotaped it and sold it on the show. That's what they should have done. Show. But they also... Because no, uh, then they're going to have multi-album deals, and then they're going right, to be like, yeah. oh, no. They don't, do they even have a record? Jay-Z owns a record label, right? Exactly. Yes, Rockefeller. Also, uh, I think I think at one point, she takes a shot at the fact that he bought Tidal. Because I think at one point, she even references a $50 million mistake. I couldn't tell you, because... You didn't I haven't heard it. it. But if I remember correctly, she references a $50 million mistake in one of the songs, and it's... I think it's just interesting. I think it's I think it's them, you know, doing some music therapy, but also I will give you I'll, in, give, I'll give you this with Beyonce. I'll give you this much at least. Okay. I mean, she is a huge megastar, and she this could have just gone under the rug, like never even talked about it. And she said, you know what? I'm gonna screw you. I'm gonna go and drop an entire video album about you cheating on me. I'm gonna blast it to the entire world. 
That's that's pretty ballsy. You got to notice that, that was they worked on that. Together. Yeah, that's pretty ballsy. But there's no way. There's it's, no way he. It's still ballsy. To it do. is, but there's no way Jay Z was surprised by this. Like, it, it, what, you know, no, no. It wasn't like still, he was like, "Hey, what's this lemonade thing?" Like, it, it's still, it's <laughs> still <laughs> living together, and they're like, "He's like, hey, what's this?" It's still. You been working on a new album? Can I hear some of it? No. Oh, okay, okay. It's still pretty ballsy. Like, just to, to be able to go through with it. Uh, sure, sure. Because you're whether he agreed with it or not, or they collaborated together. I mean, in the back of the mind, like, this is my husband. You know, I do love him. We have a kid together. Should I do this and to be able to go through with it and be like, no, I'm going to do it. I mean, I'll, I'll give her credit there. You know what? I, you know what I do think is I think this takes the power away from him, away from the media and the rumors. I think this puts no, it, it in their pockets. It it's like, okay, man, if you guys want to talk about our lives, that's fine. But when you talk about our lives, we're going to make money off of it. Exactly. We're going to capitalize on exactly. it. Exactly. We're going to make two albums and an HBO video movie about it. So at the end of the day, it costs them. It's going to cost them way less than it's going. They're going to make millions. They're going to make millions. At the end of the day, they're getting two albums and a video on HBO. A video. Movie with on tons HBO. of hype and tons of hype off of this rumor story. And stay tuned next week when we dissect the love triangle between Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Wolverine. No, see, I think you would rather do that. I think you would spend <laughs> would an hour doing that. I could spend a whole day on that. Oh, you such <laughs> you're <laughs> such a nerd. Uh, all right, let's let's jump out real quick. All right, so we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna actually finish off what we talked about last week in character spotlights, and we're gonna focus on a little guy you may know as Captain America. All right, guys, let me tell you about one of my good friends and a longtime fan and supporter of the show, Wrecker Mike. He's a good friend, and he, he takes care of me every time I've had myself in a bit of trouble, and he can help you guys out, too. Whether you simply locked your keys in your car, or God forbid you get in a car accident or something, and you, or you want to try and just save some money on a deductible, or you've had too much to drink, and you just don't want to mess with the DUI or even run the chance of getting one, Wrecker Mike can help you out. You want to give him a call at 281-830-5819. That's 281 281- 830-5819. Wrecker Mike, he's my friend, and trust me, when you need him, you want him to be your friend, too. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to buy ads for the month of May. And we're back with Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, and I'm going to say it this time because Nico thought I don't know what I'm doing. Home of the Throwbacks. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Corey DLG here with Joey Savage. The captain. And then Nico, we're going to call him the chief. The chief? The right. chief. So he's going to cosplay as you. He's going to cosplay as me, <laughs> cosplaying as the chief. All right, so let's jump in. Uh, last week we spotlighted Iron Man. In honor of Civil War. This week, Corey, we're going to... Pick the other side. And we're going to spotlight the one, the only... Captain America! Two quick facts about Captain America. Go on. Captain America debuted in 1941 and Captain America number one by Timely Comics. Okay. Stanley, that was his comic he was working on back then. Right. Also, trivia question. Do you know how many people have been Captain America? Ooh, okay. I, let me think about this for a second. Okay. I think I can do this out loud. So, Steve Rogers was the original. Yep, that's one. Okay. And you're not counting the stuff before him. I'm counting everybody who's been the mantle of Captain America. Okay. So then... After Captain America, while he was on ice, there was one in the 80s that did not have any superpowers. And then there was also the character who later became Nomad was also Captain America. Captain America was Nomad. Right. Nomad started out as Captain America. Right. Correct. And then the U.S. agent started out as a replacement for Captain America. Now the Falcon has been Captain America. And the Winter Soldier has been Captain America. I'm going to go final answer six. Final answer would be wrong. Oh. Eleven different people have Eleven? been the mantle of Captain America. Okay. Wow. So Steve Rogers Obvious. was obviously the first one. Uh, the first replacement of him was a guy named William Nasland. 
so back in like the 60s, uh, they went through some weird stuff. They tried some different stuff with uh, Cap when he'd be on ice, or Steve Rogers, I guess. So they had some different people jump in there and play Captain America. Some of them didn't take off. So that's why they ended up coming back to the Steve Rogers. Ah, okay. Uh, the okay. next guy that played him was a guy named Jeffrey Mace, who turned out to be the Patriot. Okay. On. He wore the Captain America mask. Uh, there was a guy named William Burnside who became the Grand Director. Oh, he's a villain. He's a villain, but he was Captain America before he turned into the Grand Director. Really? That's kind of I a cool. Know. That's kind yeah. of a cool transition. So also, like you said, you've got Sam Wilson, who is now the current Captain America. You've got Bucky Barnes, who filled in as Captain America. The Winter Soldier. And there's also about three different guys who wore the Captain America suit in, like, one episode. Like, one uh, issue. Okay. They donned the suit for, like, one issue. They wore Captain America. Okay. And, and so on. I guess so that counts. But All think right. about it. Iron Man. There's been, what, two, three people played? Uh, Actually. For the most part, it's been two people. Rhodes and then Tony Stark. Eleven different Captain Americas. But part However, of that was because, for a little while, the U.S. government was, like, putting people into Captain America Well, Captain suits. America has been around since the 40s. Right. True. Um, and there was actually a little while when the when the guy who uh, becomes U.S. agent, John Walker, when he yep. is Captain America, that's actually mandated from the federal government. Yes, very much so. They str- uh, the president and, and Captain America disagree on some politics. And they strip him of his And they strip title. him of the rank and position of and Captain America. And then he just America. goes by... The, the Captain. captain. <laughs> and he the gets- Captain! <laughs> And Man he, after my own heart. And he gets a new shield made by his good friend T'Challa, the Black Panther. T'Challa, the Black... Oh, you want to hear a cool story about shields? I, Are you yes. watching Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I am not. So, if you haven't been watching it, Phil Coulson, you know, he doesn't have a hand. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it was like the robot one. Yeah, and so they build in this um, device into his hand where he can display, like, a Captain America type shield. But it's got the shield logo on it. And he just used it in, like, the second to last episode. It was pretty balling. That's kind of cool. It was really cool. But That's anyway, cool. I, I digress. No, I, you know, I'm about halfway through the season. They got a little deep into the Inhuman stuff. Yeah, and it was I was really good. I had a lot going on at the time. I was like, I need to focus on this because I was like, I, I wasn't. So I saw something that was confusing me. I, I think I understand what it was now, but at the time I was the like, show's what really is good. going on? But Captain America. Right. Tell me about him. Okay. So as I was growing up, not one of my favorite characters. Honestly, I think what really brought Captain America to my attention as a favorite character, well, honestly, was the movie The Winter Soldier. Uh, before that, he was a, he was an interesting character at times. He's always been a big staple of the Avengers. Correct. He's always been big within Shield, within the U.S. government. But like you, Captain America is one of my top five favorite characters right. of all time. You got Cable, Bishop, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and that five spot just rotates, you know, <laughs> depending on what flavor of the month. But yeah, I didn't really get big into Captain America until the 2000s. Like, right. The storylines they've done in the 2000s have been legit. So when they brought Bucky back, that at least got me a little bit interested in the comic books. Because oh, the course. writer at the time was Ed Brudebaker. Oh, I like He was him. one of the best writers in comic books. And he did that whole Winter Soldier uh, storyline that I, I read that you right. would make fun of me about. Yeah, because well, you're a Ed Brudebaker, bro. But... Uh, before that, Captain America had always kind of been in the hands of some kind of... Comic books a lot of times takes risks that are almost unnecessary. Yeah. It's like one time Captain America ran for president. Another time he was a re- replaced by a scroll. Wait, um, wait, wait, he was a president? Is this where you got your idea for your... Uh, no, no, he ran for president. No, I actually wasn't thinking about that uh, when I did it. And then later I was like, you know what? He did run for president in the comic books. He ran for president and like as he would save people, he would remind them to go vote. Like, <laughs> so he saved a guy out of a fire and he was like... Remember to register to vote. Well, I think That's what, funny. what Marvel did a lot of times with the Captain America character from the 40s all the way up even into the 90s is they pushed political agendas and they touched on stuff that was going on. So the Vietnam War, Cap was involved. Korean War, you know, Desert Storm even. Like, they've done a lot of political type but stuff. They, which they Cap. probably should. Or yeah, I mean, he's them, Captain America. Right. You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have to. Yeah. 
He's but, the good old boy. But I think what loses me is when they would go the other way with it. Like, famously, they did a lot of stuff. Uh, at one point, the super soldier serum uh, was starting to de- degrade in his body. Right. So he had to wear armor. He, had, you know, he, he lost the, the, the serum and somehow, and so his body started aging, aging. rapidly. And right. So he had to wear, like, a exoskeleton suit. Yeah, like Iron Man built, like, a Captain America suit. And it was kind of during this lame 90s era where everyone was armored up. Yeah. Uh, actually, Thor even wore an armor in the 90s. So, yeah, the 90s were, were pretty crazy. Now, see... I will say I bought like a lot of um, Captain America comics. There was like a whole run of like seventy five of them off of eBay one time, and it's mostly dealing with him like taking on the Serpent Society. Okay, and those are pretty good. Like, <laughs> the Serpent it, it kind of plays into that what you like about Spider Man and his crazy villains. Yeah, Serpent Society is kind of the same way. They're, they're all, a lot of fun. They're, they're all villains that have some kind of amphibious. Power, gimmick, gimmick, yeah. or some stuff. So you've got Copperhead and Eel and Diamond and Viper and Sidewinder. And Diamondback always has a neat history because she always teeters between hero and yeah, villain. And so, and it's her attraction to Captain America that she's sort of like Captain America's Catwoman. Yeah, that she always kind of draws good because of Cat. And at this point, Bucky is still MIA, so the Falcon is 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 Cap's buddy. Cap's Cap's buddy. So <laughs> those I, I really like this. But in the two thousands. He takes they did a lot of cool stuff. They did. And, you know, as I was, I went back and I was reading over some of my older Captain Americas and I started with Fallen Sun. Okay. And um, that storyline. So that's a storyline where Cap's a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. He finds out Bucky's still alive. And so he starts searching for Bucky, which leads into the Civil War once they find Bucky, which then leads into the death of Captain America, which is almost exactly how the, the movies are playing out. We don't know if he survives. No, we don't know what's going to happen in the movie. Right. But look, look back. You you start with Winter no, definitely, Soldier. They, they definitely he's part of Shield. This. He's part of Shield right. with Winter Soldier. Then he finds out Winter Soldier comes back, so he's looking for for him. Right, taking down Hydra in the middle of it, and then so I'm pretty excited to see where Civil War. I mean, if it goes like I think it's going to go, I think he's going to kick the bucket. No, I think he's. I don't think they, no, because he's got to be in Avengers. He's in the two part Avengers. Is he? Yeah, Chris Evans is signed up for the two part Avengers. But but you've got a few years before those come out. So I mean, you could bring him back and in, in, you can resurrect him. Yeah, you could do something. What if so? So what if they, what if they kill him at the end of this movie, and then the first Avengers movie, they, everyone's like, oh, without Cap, we can't do this, and somebody finds a way to bring it. Doctor yeah. Strange. Oh yeah. no! Bring okay, here, here we go. Back. So as they're going to fight Thanos, and they're like, well, we're not our strongest, and he, he revives Captain America just to, so he could fight Just them. so he could fight so them all? So, yeah, in the, in the comic storyline, uh, basically, you know, Cap gets arrested, he turns himself in. No, he turns himself in. He doesn't get arrested. Yeah, he turns himself in. He realizes, and, actually, morally, that the Civil War is endangering human lives. It's not about being right or wrong, but yeah. they are endangering So he does what public. Cap does the best, and puts the people of America first. first. And so, everyone suspects that the Red Skull is dead, and yes. he's not. And so the storyline involves Crossbones as a sniper, so everyone thinks that Crossbones kills Captain America, but what really happens is there's a scientist who brainwashes Agent 13, which is Sharon Carter, who will be in this movie. Correct. And she's the one that actually shoots Captain America. Who's the name of the actress who's playing Sharon Carter? Super cute. I, it escapes me. I, she, she was in the she was in the Winter Soldier movie. Right. And But, but she's in... What else is she Nico, in? look it up. Oh. Nico's going to look it up right now while we are... Continuing the story. Yeah, she's in other movies, but she's a cute... Yeah, she's, yeah, no, she really is. She definitely is. So, I'm really excited to see where it goes. There's a bunch of other, like... One of my favorite Captain America stories is after his alleged death, someone has to, to pick up the mantle. Right. And so, who better than Bucky Barnes? Can't tell you what was cool in The Fallen Sun is one of the episodes is Wolverine mourning yeah. Captain America. And Wolverine always historically being one of these, like, tough, just badass birds. Like, the idea that he... 
and Captain America and him have a long history, and he actually remembers it at this point because they're both Weapon X was actually the tenth iteration of the same project that created right, Captain right. America. So they actually have a long connected history. So actually, that was a really cool story when Wolverine opens a can of beer. And yeah, kinda, no, definitely, yeah. But yeah, so Bucky Barnes, no one knows that Bucky's back at this point. Right, right. And so he puts on the, the mask and he starts portraying as Captain America. He mm-hmm. carries a gun with him yeah, he's on not, top of his shield. Not your, not your daddy's Captain America. That is her. What's okay. her name? Her name is Nico's Emily, Emily Van Camp. Emily Van Camp. I knew that. See, it rolled off my tongue. There it is. Emily Van Camp. Yeah, so I, I'm hoping that she plays a bigger role going into this movie. They mentioned her character several times in Winter Soldier for her to not feature Yeah, more. yeah, so it's going to be pretty awesome. So, yeah, reading those stories afterwards where Bucky's trying to figure out how to be Cap and having to deal with, the, you know, what Cap did, you know, the morality and doing the right thing, it's a, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good read. No, it definitely was a, it definitely is a, a cool path they took Captain America and Bucky down. And then now the, the path they're going down where, again, it's someone else carrying the shield. And now Steve Rogers is actually actively mentoring Sam Wilson, well, the Falcon, he's not, into... He's not really mentoring mentoring him as much. Like, he, he passed on the... Um, the, the, the suit and the shield. The mantle and the shield to him. So basically there's a storyline um, where a lot of stuff happens and some something happens and Cap loses his power. So now he's aged to an, an in the comics up till just now for the last mm, year or so. He's been an 80, the 80-year-old 80 Steve Rogers. Right. And so he's been leading, he's been coordinating uh, a team, the Uncanny Avengers. And uh, there's a storyline that go, that's going on right now where he gets his powers back and Captain America is now back. Fully as Captain America. Oh, okay. He, so I mean, he actually. So in in the storyline, I think we touched on it uh, last episode or maybe the episode before. A lot of the villains turn bad. A lot of the, the good guys turn good guys turn bad. Bad guys turn good. Right, right. And Sam Wilson as Captain America is one of those those guys that turns bad. And uh, Steve Rogers puts on the the suit as an eighty year old man in the Captain America suit trying to <laughs> to, to thwart uh, the bad Falcon. So, uh, <laughs> but Steve Rogers. And Captain America is such an important part of everything Marvel's done. Right. So you have the Hulk, Bruce Banner, who they're, they're trying to replicate the super serum that he's on, on him. That's how he becomes the Hulk. Right. Like you said the Weapon X program continues, continues out of, off of that. So everything comes off of... Captain America really is the start of the Marvel Universe. He really is. Him Between Captain America and Reed Richards... You, if you don't have those two characters, you probably don't have. You pro- yeah, no, you don't. Sixty to eighty percent of the Marvel universe. You don't because they've done so much. I mean, and, and Captain Rogers done so much. I mean, he ran for president. Right. He was president at one point, right? Was he? I believe so. I, know I don't he, know if he won or not. I, I know, know he, he thought about running, but I, I want to say that he, yeah, he might have just ran. But he was head of Shield at one point. Yes. He's been head of the Avengers at one point. Uh, there's just so much different stuff he's done. I and mean, you know what's interesting also is we're, I'm going to kind of take us down a little a little path here. Go for it. Um, Let's run. The Avengers got really interesting when Brian Michael Bendis took them over. Oh, God, Bendis is so good. So uh, for those who don't know, at the late '90s, Avengers were awful. They were terrible. Uh, Onslaught happens. It's a it's a big comic book event. It's kind of lame. It's kind of interesting. It's 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 too hard to explain right now. But essentially. Magneto and Professor X create a combined character who is super bad, super evil, and the Avengers sacrifice themselves to save the world. Yeah. Which is was kind of a good thing because their comic book was terrible. And it just came out after that. And just... So when they came back from that, it was slow building, but they were starting to get interesting and starting to get good, but then they kind of teetered on. Sometimes comic books just... The problem, I think, with comic books is a lot of times when, when you change writers a bunch and change editors a bunch, you don't get a stable direction. No, you don't, but if you recall in the... Mid-90s, late-90s, 
early 2000s, Spider-Man was big. Right. Everyone was digging the X-Men. Right. That's why they got the movies first. Right. And so Avengers was kind of in the back seat. And so Bendis took on the Avengers. Right. He started picking up steam. He was writing Ultimate Spider-Man, and it was the number one book (sighs) at Marvel. Even the Ultimate Avengers, I liked... The Ultimates were such a cool thing. It was very cinematic. Now, the, the, the third trade... With the Blade stuff wasn't eh. Yeah. But the first two were really good. The first two were really good. You know, the Ultimate Universe was a different take on Marvel. Uh, essentially, imagine if someone pitched the idea of the Marvel characters starting at the year 2000. Yeah, it was good. It was. It was really good. It's, it was cool to see young Peter Parker, like, to to see, to see learn his relationship with Uncle Ben and Aunt May. Yeah. Just kind of off For some of those people that. who hadn't, you know, like for us, in the 2000s, we would have been, what, 16, right? Right. So at 16 years old, you're getting to start fresh and brand new. And Spider-Man is your age. Yeah. So it, it was really cool. It was it was very interesting. And so uh, Brian Michael Bendis did such a good job with Ultimate Spider-Man that they started to give him more control of, of bigger projects. And his big goal was to kind of uh, save the Avengers. Save they the needed Avengers. saving. They desperately needed saving. So first thing he does, his first story is called Disassembled, and he blows up the Avengers. Uh, key characters like the Vision and Hawkeye and Captain America and Thor and Iron Man go their separate ways. They each have cataclysmic things happen to them. They all are no longer... Essentially, the Avengers disappear for about six months. Things get so bad. Scarlet Witch was a big part of that. Uh, this leads to House of M. When you come out of House of M, the Avengers are literally just decimated, and they don't they don't know who they are. Oh, House of M was so good. So he starts kind of rebuilding it, and they go about four or five years without the big three being in the same place at the same time. The big three, obviously, being Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America. And Brian Michael Bendis did that on purpose, and it made... It made the fans like salivate for when those three were going to cross paths and be on the same side again. Because between Civil War and House of M and everything else, they kept disagreeing. Yeah. They kept breaking sides. And so what happened is eventually... You were my friend once, too. Right. And so like Thor got really upset because Iron Man made a clone of him. Captain America and Iron Man Ragnarok. fought in Civil War. And Thor was upset because he felt like Iron Man let Captain America die at the end of Civil War. So there was a lot of anger between the big three. And they had to bury all those hatchets. And it was a lot of good storytelling... And a lot of big events that eventually, after the end of Siege, which is when Asgard comes to Earth, and then Osborne invades it with his evil Avengers. Yep. Dark Avengers. Literally, they break Asgard. Literally, the city crumbles, and Asgardians die. And so Thor is heartbroken, but the Avengers are who comes and saves him. And so all of a sudden, the big three step up and help. Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor are standing face-to-face, and they came to save the day. Yep. And so it was a great story. It was a great moment. And since then, Avengers has been the flagship title again. Yeah. Even after um, Civil War broke, Avengers started taking off because then you started having like several Avengers titles. Well, yeah. And that was the thing is like you were reading it and the one thing you were craving, like you were you, you were almost wishing they would do it, but they took their time was putting the big three yeah. back together. So you would see different era. You would see like Iron Man's Avengers. You would see like Captain America's Avengers, but you'd never see the three of them together. But then even after when you get into Marvel now, which would have been... I think three years ago at this point. Yeah. When you get to the Uncanny Avengers, which was their big mm-hmm, mm-hmm. their big uh, debut, Captain America's there. It's not yep. Iron Man. Nope. It's Cap leading the team. So, I mean, Cap has taken the mantle of the Avengers. He is the Avengers at this point. He is. He Even though Iron Man founded it, he, and, and famously they lived in the Stark Mansion and Maria Stark Foundation, paid for everything, Captain America is now the core of the Avengers. And so, I think we talked about it last week. I mean, everybody, it was me, uh, Corey DLG. Um, the fabulous Nico and, and special uh, guest Donnie. special guest Donnie Utah were here. Yeah. We are all Team Cap. So we were we were unanimously unanimously. So I'm really excited to see where it goes. I really hope 
Because they've teased that someone's going to die in this movie. I think they've been teasing it. It's going to be Spider-Man. He's going to get hit by a stray bullet. No. He shows up for like 10 minutes. You know, uh, (laughs) speaking of of Iron Man, he's going to cameo in Spider-Man's movie. Not cameo. He's going to be in. Yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. And now... um, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is even Iron talking Spider, about Iron Spider. Where's my Iron yeah, Spider? I think I think that might happen. Robert Downey Jr. is even contemplating now of a fourth Iron Man movie. He said he, he'd be up for it. Well, I think I think what happens is what else is he going to do? I mean, well, I don't, I don't think that's the problem. I think the paydays are pretty good. Well, I mean, his contract's already set in stone. They're just gonna so do anytime Wars. they need, well, anytime they need him for something, yeah. they've got to come to him, and they all got they got to offer him some some. Yeah, so what did he get paid to do uh, this? It was like forty million. Ridiculous. I mean, so if I'm Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I leave the door open. I say, hey, maybe. And then I wait for the paycheck. But through all the trailers, it seems like everyone's oh, War Machine. He takes the big shot. I was going to ask, who do you think it is? And Tony's holding him. No, I don't think it's War Machine. I, I really honestly think it's going to be Captain America. I If they kill Captain America, it's then the big, the big thing at the end of the first Avengers movie is Doctor Strange resurrecting. No, definitely. If they don't, because I don't think they will. This I is think what's going to be so big. awesome, okay? The guy who plays the Winter Soldier signed on for... Yes, he signed on for several Sebastian movies. Stan is on. Sebastian there. Stan. So I'm really hoping that... I actually think he signed on for more movies than Chris Evans. Yes. So I'm hoping, I'm really hoping and praying, that they follow the story in the comics, and something happens, and Steve Rogers dies. So then we go on to Phase 3, because there's no Captain America or Iron Man in Phase 3 from this point forward. It's just going to be... Because well, Spider-Man isn't considered part of Marvel's Phase 3. You got Doctor Strange. Oh, he's Black. not. No, he's it's Sony. A, Sony. It's a collaboration with Sony. collaboration. So he's not considered part of Disney's Phase Three. Oh, so but they're not. But I mean, well, I mean, they're, they're collaborating these movies. Yeah, but they're yeah. collaborating. But it's not technically involved. Okay, in that, okay. That's so you're gonna have Thor three with uh, Thor and the Hulk. You're gonna yeah, have Guardians two. Do. You're gonna have Doctor Strange. You're gonna have um, so the Thor and Black Panther. Rock, correct. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna have Black Panther. I'm really hoping they go into Infinity War with Bucky wearing the Captain America suit. And at the end of Infinity War, or maybe even halfway through the Infinity War or something, they bring back, they bring back uh, Chris Evans. I'm, I'm still voting on uh, Thanos just being like, let me bring your leader back. So the reason the reason uh, Nico keeps saying that is Thanos has famously been unstoppable, and every time he gets beat in the comics, it's his own arrogance that defeats him. Yep, very much so. So I can, conceivably, he's wearing the Infinity Gauntlet, he's got all the gems, which means he controls all of reality, he resurrects Captain America... To spite the Avengers to show them, look, I'll bring them back just so you can have them, just so I can kill them. And I can see that happening, conceivably. And then That would be great. That would be an awesome moment. So, before we get out of here, let's jump out here in a few minutes. Yeah. But I want to ask you one question. Your favorite Captain America moment, or storyline, anything to do with Captain America, what's been your favorite? Cap Wolf. Cap Wolf? Cap Wolf. That's okay, alright, okay. Um, mine is actually, it's, it's sort of an interesting story. At the time, they believed Captain America to be dead. Okay. Um, it's an Avengers story, and there's they work for the government at the time. And there's a government auditor who he's being surrounded like he's he's interviewing the Avengers. It's a, it's a little it's a one shot issue, and he's basically the whole time he kind of mocks the idea of Captain America, and all the Avengers keep talking about how important Captain America is. Right. And he's like he's just a guy with the shield. Well, famously, the mansion gets attacked by a villain, and everyone's getting hurt and everyone's wounded, and. At the key moment when the villain's going to kill one of the characters, I think he's going to like kill Hercules or something. He's about to strike him. This shield comes flying through the air, and it saves the day. And everyone looks, and it's the auditor who has picked up the shield and thrown it. And then he makes kind of this comment at the end of it where he's like, like he felt inspired. We're looking at the stars and the stripes yeah, he felt inspired. and seeing the Avengers in, in dire need. He felt like that's the only move to make. So it kind of is this cool moment where you see how Captain America has an effect. Also, there's a Daredevil moment. Uh, Hell's Kitchen's on fire. The hand ninjas are running crazy. 
And all of a sudden there's a bolt of lightning and the Avengers show up. And they're just handling everything. And the thing that Matt Murdock focuses on, remember he's blind, and so the comic book always kind of focuses on his other senses. And there's a famous line where he talks about the voice that commands gods. And he's talking about Captain America barking orders yeah. and getting the Avengers moving. So really there's these, there's, there's a couple key moments that just remind you that even though this guy may not be the, the most powerful or the most rich or the best character, he's probably one of the most important characters. My One of the moments that stands out to me the most is during the Avengers versus X-Men storyline. Okay. I want to say it's probably like issue maybe five or six. And they're on the beach of Utopia. And you've got like the X-Men on one side led by uh, Cyclops. And the Avengers on the other side led by uh, Captain America. And Scott says something and uh, Steve Rogers is just like, take the island. (laughs) I just see that that full page spread in my mind like all the time. It's so awesome. (laughs) He's definitely a tactician. So I can see him just barking the order and the Avengers being like, let's go. Take the island. (laughs) All right, so we're going to jump out real quick. Yeah. Come back. We're going to get in talk. A little bit more about some Netflix. Yeah, uh, we're we're talking about the conclusion of Daredevil. Yep. we've all now finished it. We kind of just seems like a good week to talk about it, and also some other things on Netflix that we that I think you should check out. Stay tuned. Whoop, whoop. All right, guys, let me tell you about one of my good friends and a longtime fan and supporter of the show, Wrecker Mike. He's a good friend, and he he takes care of me every time I've had myself in a bit of trouble, and he can help you guys out too. Whether you simply locked your keys in your car, or God forbid you get in a car accident or something, and you, or you want to try and just save some money on a deductible, or you've had too much to drink, and you just don't want to mess with the DUI or even run the chance of getting one, Wrecker Mike can help you out. You want to give him a call at 281-830-5819. That's 281-830-5819. Wrecker Mike, he's my friend, and trust me, when you need him, you want him to be your friend too. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to buy ads for the month of May. Alright, welcome back, guys. So we're, uh, we're ready here. We're going to talk Netflix this segment. Joey Savage is I'm finally... the captain. Uh, you know, we're going to let this You said it was my trademark slogan. I will say it every time I, you introduce me. I said it should be if you're going to have a trademark slogan. I need slogan. a trademark slogan. Uh, that way, like... Can, can we, can we ban trademark a, slogans? When I get a t-shirt... I, I wish. I wish. You know, it'll be like me in a captain's hat. I'll say, I'm the captain. <laughs> no, okay. great. All right. Speaking okay. of t-shirts... We are we are hard at work. We are getting, Hard at work. We're getting a t-shirt made. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, we'll be ready for you. Yeah, yeah. All so, right, so let's stay jump tuned to the, the Facebook net- page. Keep an eye on that. That's where we're going to announce it. It's going to be big. Let's jump into Netflix, and before we lose everybody's interest and we talk about the the documentary you watch, yes, let's uh, let's roll up uh, Daredevil. So our first teaser we ever did for the show. I guess you only do one teaser, right? Uh, we opened up by talking a little bit about Daredevil, correct? And we really haven't gotten back to him. So now this is episode six. So it's been six weeks. So most let's, for the most part, everyone's binge watched at this point. Let's close her out. Yeah, and on top of just closing it out, it was announced uh, this last week. That Netflix has greenlit a Punisher solo TV show. And, and actually, in something you almost never see, Netflix was highly complimentary of John Berenthal. Berthanol. Berthanol. Ethanol? Berthanol. Berigible? I like John Berthanol. Uh, he nailed it. Man. He really did. But Netflix was highly complimentary of his Punisher and specifically said that's the key reason they re, they, they did this series. So let me ask you this quick question before we, uh, before we get going on here. So you go back to Walking Dead season one. You've got two main characters. You've got Shane, John Berthanol. You've got Rick, uh, Andrew Lincoln, right? Right. If you read the comic, you know who, who wins on top. Right. 
But if your cast is those two guys, what position would you want to be in now? Would you still want to be Andrew Lincoln, who took on the Rick role? Or would you have rather been John Berthenall, who got killed off in season two, and now you're the Punisher? No, no, I definitely think I would still want to be Rick Grimes, just for the security and the great success. You know, John Berthenall, he's been on several things now. He's kind yeah, of no, floated no. around trying to find a new home. And I do think he thought he was probably going to land in movies, but it didn't really turn out that way for he him. He did so. You think that um, that struggle not getting a big role after he did such a great job on The Walking Dead led to some of his uh, character playing in as Punisher? Punisher? I mean, definitely the Punisher is a frustrated individual who's gone through a traumatic, stressful time. He nailed it. He definitely did. Uh, but he's been, he's been like, I always like seeing him and stuff, but he's always kind of a background character. Yeah, now he's going to be, he's going to be back in the full star of the show. Correct. And I, I think, I'm so I think excited. that's where he belongs. And you know what's funny is on episode two of the podcast, we did our Netflix picks. Right. Of who they should pick up next. And we specifically decided we're not going to touch and bring up Punisher. We all we kind were, of assumed. We were already convinced at that point. At that point, I'd only seen six episodes. So I was only halfway through the season, and I was already convinced that he was going to get his own show. Yeah, no, there was no doubt in my mind. That's uh, When you and I were discussing the topic of Netflix, we even said, obviously they're going to get Punisher, and then we were like, what else would we What do? else could they do? Right. So, okay, so we'll, we'll jump back into what else they'll do, but go ahead and break us down. So when we left off at the ver- the teaser, uh, we were, Punisher had showed up, um, Elektra hadn't even come when we talked about it yet. Right, right. So why don't you just step us through just a quick brief rundown of what happens in this this season of Daredevil? So this season of Daredevil, the kind of the core concepts they really investigate here are, are twofold. One, what does it mean to be a vigilante, and how far is the line? Because the Punisher doesn't see a line; he seeks justice. So if you're a criminal, you can die. The problem with that is technically vigilantes are criminals. So at some point, you kind of have to be at least self-aware enough to acknowledge the fact that you're breaking the law to uphold Correct. the idea of justice. And Daredevil believes in the law, but he feels like sometimes. Evil has corrupted the world so much that you have to step outside the law to bring the law back up to speed, so to help the law. His, his vigilantes, not, even most vigilantes, is sometimes the law is just not enough. Right. Or there's some things that just need to be done that the law can't do because of public persona and public perception. Such as his fight with Wilson Fisk. And so the vigilantes do that for them. Right. And Daredevil, even when you watch the whole show... There's a lot of things he does, and he doesn't take credit for it. No. He gives the credit to uh, their friend who uh, works for the police. Right. Like, he did it all. And that, and part of that is because if a police officer does it, then it can still play into the world of law. Correct. And so that that's part of the, you know, Matt Murdock's a lawyer, and so ultimately he believes in the law. And that part of this story was about where do you draw lines, when is it okay to cross lines, and then the other side of it was Electra who's the other side of that coin, she's the wild side. Yep. She's the embrace of adventure, the whirly, you know, the whirly dizziness of jumping rooftop to rooftop and fighting ninjas and just kind of the intoxicating feeling of violence and chaos that Matt Murdock, he sort of embraces at times and he has to rein himself back in. Hence the name Daredevil because there is a little bit of a devil inside of Matt Murdock. And he dares some because he's blind. Wow. But here's the thing. There were so many different twists in this season. There were. So when the season gets going, uh, Matt and Karen Page have a little real romantic thing going on. We talked about it in the teaser, what happened to poor Foggy. Yeah. And then Electra shows up out of nowhere. And puts, so then puts all that puts on all the filters. That in, in, on, yeah, puts that on the back burners. And then you almost see Karen at times kind of feel or maybe even fall a little bit for, for the Punisher, for Frank yes. Castle. She definitely sympathizes with him in an odd way. So the episode, the show starts um, with Daredevil and then it goes into the Punisher bit. It goes first. 
And Punisher ends up getting captured or arrested. And then right as the trial starts to occur, so Elektra shows up. So Matt Foggy doesn't want to take the case. Right. Matt Murdock as Daredevil is the one who pretty much catches Dare, uh, catches the Punisher. Brings him to justice. Brings him to justice, calls his buddy in. He saves Punisher from dying. Then he calls his cop buddy in and they arrest him. And then Matt wants to take the case and defend him. Because he, he feels he's going to get railroaded. There's a there's a prosecutor who's running her own little game. Right, right. And she's going after Frank Castle in kind of a really hard way. And so then it comes into all this backstory about the Punisher and what's really going on. And then, like you said, right when the show gets started, or right when the, the trial gets ready to go, Electra shows up with her own agenda. And so then you guys Matt Murdock away from his life of Matt Murdock into his life so of Daredevil. Then you got three storylines going on at this point. Right. You've got Karen trying to figure out what really happened to Punisher and his family. So Punisher's family dies. Everyone knows that if you watch the show or you read the, the comics. If you know anything about him. That's so she's trying to figure out what really happened, all the ins and outs of that. At the same time, Foggy is trying to run this this crazy case. crazy case by himself, and Matt, on the other hand, is with Elektra fighting the hand. Correct. And so he finds out that the world is in danger, and he has to be Daredevil, and he loves being Daredevil anyway. However, it's coming at the expense of his you know his law career and also his friendship with Foggy, a lifetime friend, and Karen, the potential relationship with Karen. Yeah, exactly. And so by the end, there they kind of follow an old. Um, famously, there's an Elektra storyline. Frank Miller came on the Daredevil as a writer, and Frank Miller, famously the Frank Miller who does the Batman vs. Superman story, The Dark Knight, returns that everyone kind of fell in love with and was used for this movie. Frank Miller, when he comes on to Daredevil, he does a really interesting story where... Daredevil's love life had never really been explored at that point, and he introduces Elektra as a character. He's the creator of her, and the interesting thing that happens there is she's eventually assassinated, and the TV is by the hand, and the comic books is by Bullseye, uh, and this breaks Daredevil's heart. And then the hand, famously in the comic books, resurrects her, and then Daredevil has to fight her. So, so great storyline. So it's kind of what happens. So when you go back to to episode or episode season one, there's a character named Sticks. Sticks comes back. So the whole time they're fighting the hand, they have this big black sky, and you don't know what yeah. it is, and it turned out to be turned out to be Electra. So let me let me tell you this. I wasn't too excited or impressed about the idea that the whole show of this season was building up to this big black sky event, and the black sky was Electra. Yeah, I agree with that 100. I wasn't. It didn't feel exciting. Like it's when it got over with, and she was a black sky, and then they fight on the rooftop, and then she dies. But then they kind of bring it to circle by the hand, putting her in with that big tomb, whatever they're gonna do. They're obviously gonna resurrect. Her, right, she's coming which, back for season three, which will be awesome. So right. that'll be cool. But the way they it might be up, Defenders movie, the way they led up to it, I wasn't a big fan of. No, I wasn't either. I, I the black, I hate. Here's here's one of my pet peeves in sci-fi and comic book TV shows and even movies when they allude to some sort of mythical thing, and then that thing winds up being something really easy to deal with like a person right remember Men in Black 2 when they were talking about the light the light of Zarthon and it was a necklace no it was Rosario Dawson herself oh yeah it was her so poor Will Smith falls in love and then they have to shoot her off planet yeah realistically if I'm the Men in Black and I know Rosario Dawson's the light I just kill her done We're, we're done here yeah so, but there's two things that, uh, two surprises in the show that really, that really threw me for a loop and I really enjoyed. Uh, the first one is you see Frank, Frank Castle gets, you think he's going to cooperate with Foggy's defense and Matt's defense and, and take the ride. And then he just goes berserk in the courtroom, gets himself arrested, admits to everything. They take him to the prison. This is like episode, what, eight or nine? This right. Happens? And you're trying to figure out what's going on. You're trying to figure out what's going on. And lo and behold, he gets into the prison and the kingpin returns. Wilson Fisk. And you find out that Wilson 
Wilson Fisk had gotten a message to him through one of the guards, and basically Wilson Fisk now owns the prison. Right. So I don't know what's going on. Me and my wife are watching, like, man, what, why would he flip out like that? And at the very end of that episode, he walks into the prison, and before you even see the person, my wife looks at me and goes, oh my god, it's the kingpin. Yeah. And bam, there he is, lifting the weights up, and you see his face, and it's just... It's like, oh my, it just got so much better. Because I, I was starting to get lost in the hand right, side of it. Like, right. Like you said, we, we talked about this on the teaser that we feel like they didn't have enough so quickly for an episode, for a season two. So they threw two storylines in at once. Right. I was falling in love with the dare, with the uh, Punisher side of it. But the Electra side the stuff underdeveloped. I like the Electra. Like, I like yes. her as I the character. Her character. I, and I like them two together. Yes. Just the storyline they were playing at, I was just, I was getting lost and I didn't really like the idea. Like, I understand Matt needs to be his own person and people close to him get hurt. So the way it kind of brought full circle to me is at the very end when the hand they start taking all the people that Daredevil had helped. Everyone he had saved. To lure him out. And so then they, they get Karen into the mix. So you have this team up at the last episode where Punisher shows up and kind of helps Daredevil. I don't even want to call that team up. That was like the lamest team up. Yeah, ever. but he shows up, makes his present. He had got the uh, the cool the skull, shirt, cool skull shirt. You see him. And he whispers so lightly, see you next time, Red. And like, then only Daredevil here. That was right. cool. The other part that really got to me that I really liked is you have that general that comes in in the... In the um, right in the trial and speaks all this good stuff about Frank. Then he ends up turning out to be the bad guy. Right, he winds up being the 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 drug dealer they can't get to. Yeah, and so I immediately whenever whenever they're on the boat and it blew up, and you can sit, you can hear one of the guys say, "Been a long time, Frank." Like, oh god, it's somebody he knows. Right, and then when Karen goes to visit his house, I admit it's him. Yeah, he's yeah. the bad guy. I don't he's, he's the bad guy. guy. Like, really? It's like, yeah, he's the bad guy. And so that was kind of a neat little twist I wasn't expecting, and I, I really thought they were going to introduce some kind of new character to set up the Punisher um, season one. Right, but they right. went with the twist that was right in there, and I liked it. And this this. Finishes the Punisher origin. It does. So they can just start they Punisher. They can start him season two into a whole new direction. They most likely will have a, an episode of exposition if people haven't watched Daredevil. Though. Oh, sure. They'll probably do. But they won't have to do eight episodes of, yeah, and now he's the Punisher. Yeah. They can do like one episode of he misses his wife, but then they can do Punisher kills people. Exactly. Now, one of the things that's throwing me for a loop with this universe Netflix is so creating the third loop is yeah the third loop. Because <laughs> how do all of these people interact? Like all these, so Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage. So you know Luke and Jessica have a history. They do at this point. Now. They do at this point. So we're gonna see him, you know, in his own season. But how does the Daredevil fit into that world? Because in episode what twelve. Uh, Foggy interviews with Jerry. Right. And by that point, you know that Jerry hasn't gone through the traumatic stuff she goes through at the very end of Jessica Jones, where she ends up. But she's involved in superheroes already. She knows about Jessica Jones. Right. So it's like this stuff is happening. So they're all in Hell's Kitchen. They're all in New York together, and none of them know what's going on. I think the timing. Well, like we said in Jessica Jones, when Rosario Dawson is helping Jessica, uh, she's already met Matt. She's met Matt, but she hasn't hid yet. Because remember at the end of season one she has to go into hiding. Right. So it's all kind of the timelines, they're doing a good job of kind of balancing. Yeah, and, it, and maybe the mystery of it is going to be pretty awesome when it's finally revealed how they all interact. Um, so it's, it's they're exciting. Just, they're just stuck in a time loop. Well, you know, <laughs> loop number four. Loop number four. They could they could be they could be stuck in a time loop. But no, I think they, just because she's not scarred up, it doesn't necessarily mean that that lawyer lady hasn't already had that happen yet. They no, could because go she, she gets disbarred, order. right? Like she, does, she isn't a lawyer anymore. 
She's not. She's not because she has to go. But she has to go before the bar. But she could still be a partner because she gets scarred up. She has the the cops come and she goes to jail. Right? Like Jessica Jones because she's stabbed. No, but she's not. The other one did. Right? Right. Girlfriend did. The girlfriend. And then she's like, "Oh, I'm not going to defend you or something." Ah, Maybe I should watch Jessica Jones again. Yeah, maybe maybe watch the last episode. Who? I think she's facing disbarment, but it's not. That's probably going to be season two. Is Jerry dealing with disbarment? And Foggy Nelson may be in season two. Maybe so. Maybe that's maybe that's how he's securing more work. At the at the end of the the show where Karen Page and Foggy are at Josie's drinking, yeah, I really thought Matt was going to come busting through the door. Really, I'm like, okay, everything's all good. We're back together. Hey, hey. 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 So that that was that was pretty good. So any any other uh, thoughts or ideas you guys want to touch on Daredevil? Um, I hope that they take advantage of this success to grow. So I have I have heard that um, Charlie Cox, who plays Daredevil, and the showwriter of Daredevil. Um, they haven't been greenlit for a season three yet. I'm sure it's going to come pretty soon, but I think they want to get the Punisher and Luke Cage. They got to get this stuff going. Luke Cage comes out in September. Uh, Jessica oh. Jones, too, has already been greenlit. So they've got Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage. The good thing is, is like these guys aren't working together, so they could film this stuff. Right. But anyways, I digress. They uh, they want to bring Bullseye. You have to bring Bullseye. Eventually, you got to do the Bullseye you got story. To. So they're, think, they're, they're talking, you know, we go season three, we got to go Bullseye. And the way this this episode or this season ended with Elektra, you're going to have to do it. There's going to be a season three. The only problem I have with that is I don't want to watch nine episodes of Bullseye lingering around. I want him to get right up I, w- I want them to fight. But but see, here's the thing. What I want to see, it would be like three episodes, and they have 13. Yeah. And so my fear is that they're going to do like 10 episodes of Bullseye being like, I could have had you this time. <laughs> and I don't want that. Like I some want... sort of Scooby-Doo villain? <laughs> well, no, just like somebody who like, he like throws the ninja star right over his head and it hits the wall next to him and he's like, next time I'll get you. You know they're, like, re, they're redoing the Scooby-Doo comics? I know, I saw that. And I, I and Johnny Quest. <laughs> and the Flintstones. Can I tell you this? I like Johnny Quest. Uh, remember when they did like Johnny Quest, uh, like, I don't remember what it was called, but they, they like remade him. Uh, yeah, remake we, him again? When we, we, yeah. we were young. And that really got me hooked. When I, we were young. The idea that Johnny Quest has like this Indian manservant named Haji yeah. really blows my mind that there's just this young Indian kid whose job is just to hang out with Johnny Quest. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> I saw a, a photo Scooby-Doo and he's got like a cyborg guy no 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 i'm excited about the um the flintstones one i, mean, I like the flintstones and it'd be a good take on it but i don't know i don't know why we jumped we, we wound up on something else here <laughs> all right so netflix I, uh, I watched something cool on netflix last night and i want to talk to you about this uh, hit me with it we kind of hinted at this uh earlier when nico was talking about magic Yuki. oh there's a new documentary on Netflix right now. It's called Enter the Battlefield. And it talks about the pro tour of Magic the Gathering. And it follows, uh, I would say it was five or six different pros and kind of, t- kind of shows you their lives and then also shows you, you know, just the level of competition that goes into this. Here were a couple things that they talk about in the movie that, that before kind of- we jump to this. Okay. People don't realize how competitive Magic is. Correct. Um, I don't play Magic. I never have. We, we all three have a good friend, uh, Brian Lumen. Hopefully by episode six you've listened to us. Yeah, come on. Brian, he plays magic. He's pretty good. He, he's competitive. He goes to some big tournaments. But there's a lot of younger people. There's a guy. His name is David Williams. Okay. Right name ring a bell to you? No. He's a professional poker player. Okay. He got second place the year Greg Raymer won. Yes, I remember this kid. He started getting his chops playing card games through the game of Magic. Correct. He used to play Magic in college and make money at these big tournaments. Yes. From there, he progressed into Texas Hold'em and poker. So a lot of the younger generation poker stars got their start in card playing games magic playing together. Magic together. Because you learn straight. Okay, so this is, so, what, this is what I want to get. Hit me so, with the documentary. So the, the interesting thing is, I mean, it's really easy to just, I mean, now we all play nerd game Hero Clicks. We do. I love and, it. And we love it. And we only love the game I play. 
And we love the strategy of it. We acknowledge that there's a lot that goes on. It's, it's, it's almost like coaching a football team. There's a lot going on there. You gotta, you gotta be wary of other Offensive factors. and defensive at the same time. Right. And you're working a at battlefield. You gotta use the terrain. Like there's a lot of strategy that goes Elevation. in. Elevation. Correct. There's a lot of strategy that goes Range. into these games. Counting squares. And so Magic the Gathering is the same thing, the same concept. It's, it's a deep strategy game based on cards. And here's the numbers that start blowing your mind. They believe there are 20 million casual Magic the Game, Magic the Gathering players. Crazy. Nationwide. Worldwide. 20 million worldwide. There's probably at least five venues within a 15 mile radius of the Nerd Thug Radio Studio that host Casual magic games. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you can make a living playing because they offer cash prizes. Yep. Monthly there are cash prize tournaments of Magic the Gathering. Oh, everywhere. So if you are a competitive quality player, you could in theory win cash once or once or twice a month playing Magic the Gathering. So our buddy and they qualify for larger tournaments. So our, our buddy Brian, um, he plays at this place in Conroe and and also another place up in the Humble area, and he'll win you know, fifty hundred bucks at a time. But then the magic's so big, so when Hero Clicks releases a, a set, each comic book store has like one release party. Right. Okay. When Magic the Gathering releases a new box set. They do like a midnight release party. They do a midnight release on Friday. They play Saturday at lunchtime. They play Saturday at 3. They play Saturday at 10. Saturday at midnight. Right. And they do it all over again on Sunday. It's a full weekend. Our buddy Brown will go play in like 8 he'll of these events. He'll be gone all weekend. He'll be gone all weekend playing these events. And then he'll take some of those the cards he makes. He'll sell them on eBay. He'll mm-hmm. make money back. It's almost like he played for free. Right. And that's the thing is these events are huge. So they actually have a pro tour. There are Five or six American Pro Tour events okay. that are invitation or only. qualification only. Four hundred and fifty player cap. Wow. So you gotta think if there's if there's twelve million people playing in the United States and there's only six events and there's only four hundred and fifty at each You've event. You've gotta be really good. You play two days, eight rounds a day. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and then they take a top eight and the top eight play Sundays. So what happens is they have what's called a Hall of Fame. They base it on your resume. They elect you to the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame gets a lifetime invitation to Pro Tour events. How many people are in the Hall of Fame? Right now they have 43 people in the Hall of Fame. That's it. You gotta think Magic Gathering has been around for 20 years. 43 people. 43 people. And they only induct one or two. And then so one of the, one of the people, one of the key players they follow in this documentary is a guy, he has like three top eights instead of four. And they talk about in this how if he had four instead of three, he'd be in the Hall of Fame already 100%. He'd retired. He stepped away for 10 years. Now he's trying to come back because his his, his qualifications, his, uh, his invites are about to ex- expire. And he's trying to make it into the Hall before everything expires on him. How old is this guy? He's in his 40s now. But he was one of the key young players when Magic the Gathering was growing. We talked about like this boom time when all these young players were playing and he was one of the he was one of the big figures of the time. They show his name and a lot of stuff. They talk about him in a, in a very positive way. However, while the rest of them kept playing, he stepped away. And then he kind of, as the Hall of Fame became a thing, he realized he wanted to be a part of that. And so he, he never probably got married, finally. Got married, had some kids. And then his wife, either A, his wife was like, you're too much of a nerd. I'm divorcing <laughs> you. Now he's back on the jump. Or now now his kid, <laughs> well, kids now, are probably ten. They're getting the magic, so I'll get back into the game. Well, I, honestly, I think what it is is I think he just. We're gonna it. follow up on this guy. I bet you it's one of the two things. Either his kids got him back into the game, or he got married. Well, no, no, because he talks about it actually in the documentary how he makes sacrifices away from his family to try and pursue so he this. Nailed it. So it's not the kid. The kid doesn't. Well, maybe the kid was playing. 
And that brought back his love of the game. Oh, the kid does play a little bit, so that might, you might be right about Nailed that. It. Having you watched the documentary, nailed it. But I think, <laughs> I think Captain. what it is, I think what it is, is that he he realizes he's not going to get in the Hall of Fame, and he wants to now. Yeah. Now he wants to be. I mean, how cool would it be if they had a Hall of Fame for Hero Clicks to be in? Yeah, I mean, I would never make it there. Well, well, that's the thing is. So I thought about us a little bit because there's a group of three players that are known quality professional players, uh-huh. and they created their own little team to to help each other. And so the three of them, two of actually all three of them make it to uh the world event. Okay. So there's pro tournaments all around the world, 69 countries. I think they say something like 15 events worldwide, and it finishes at a world championship where they only invite the top 25 people. How does this remind you of us? So I just because between the three of us, we have two top 16, three top 16 finishes. Out of how many tournaments we've played in? We've only played in like six or seven tournaments, though. <laughs> I've played in three yeah. big ones. Right. So you played in four big ones. Mm-hmm. I've played in two. And you've played in two. Uh, Nico, See, we've Barbarians. Got a, we've got a, we've got three top 16. Yeah. That's not bad. But one in four, one in three, one in two. But yours has an asterisk next hey, to it. Hey, it happened. I was there. <laughs> so my only, I have I have two run-ins with Magic. One is just hearing my, my, our buddy Brian talk about it. And then two is there's some guy on, I saw on Tumblr, I think, where he would go to these Magic tournaments and he would randomly snap pictures of all these fat dudes sitting in chairs with like <laughs> their ass crack showing. And he's like, another Magic tournament, boom. Another Magic tournament. <laughs> so one of the people that they follow in this is is a female. And she's the first female to ever top eight at Magic the Gathering. Uh, you can only imagine probably some of the, oh, the people she's had to sit across and deal with and stuff. Um, but she's really soft-spoken. She's really interesting. She's really competitive and she's got a great poker face in this documentary. Po- poker girl like, face, just, po- poker face. You just see how she's just like she's there to win it uh and by the end of it she's taking a job with wizards of the coast so she can no longer compete in magic oh, the events but a little bit disappointing she pretty much has maybe a she of- moved to yuki oh well she essentially i think they kind of hint that she already has a hall of fame resume at this point okay. so she's kind of like uh, oh, she good. wants to do magic full-time as a job and so why not just work for people who make the game yeah, yeah. definitely That's i mean i would love to work for whiz kids oh that'd be awesome yeah that'd be a dream that'd be, come true that'd be so cool i'd fix all the crap that they do <laughs> Plus, you get all my characters made. Yeah, of course. That, that was not... I mean, you would, right? Yeah, of course. I mean... Are really? you going to abandon me when I tattoo you on my leg? Depends on what happens first. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. <laughs> it depends on what happens first. So, going to, uh, to to movies and just stuff, well, I guess we'll just touch movies this segment here. Well, let me... Oh, so real quick. The prizes is what also interested me. If you won the one of the six U.S. events... $30,000. Good lord. If you won the U.S. national title, $40,000. Wow. If you won Worlds, fifty grand. I need to start playing Magic. I mean, I'm never going to get to that level. Right. I'm never going to be I'm one of the four. I'm going to teach my kid to play Magic. What if, what if we just were like prodigies at it? Like, we what if just, they made like Magic camps? Like Magic boot camps? <laughs> so you could send kids to and they could learn the game. So the guy who doesn't get in the Hall of Fame, this is the other thing that uh, really stuck with me, is sometimes people do this to themselves. They can be negative to themselves for no good reason. Uh, so the event, the match that he loses... That keeps him out of the top, the fourth top eight, which would be the Hall of Fame yeah. top eight. He doesn't play one of his cards in his hand, and you know they they sit over your shoulders so they can see your deck, yeah. and it's it's aired and on Twitch, and people so people knew he people up. people could see that he messed up. He foobard. He kept that card in his wallet for like the next ten years, and it constantly would remind himself of his failure. That's the wrong way to do that, right? is it? Yeah. Well, one of the other one of the other guys comments on it. He goes, you know what's interesting to me is it's, he doesn't keep a card from one of his great matches where he top eights. He doesn't keep a card from one of his from one of his best matches in top eight. He doesn't keep a card from a great victory. He keeps the card that, that cost, cost him, him the whole. I don't think probably. it's a bad idea. I don't know. I think that that's I think that's I the really, wrong level of motivation. I really think it, it's based on the person. 
Yeah, no, it definitely is. Because the wrong person doing that could drive them crazy and they could, you know, walk into a 7-Eleven and just start robbing the place and drink Slurpees till they pass out. Wow. But the right person. That spiraled quickly. The that right person. Intense. The right person that can motivate them to remember, hey, I was there and it was my mistake. Because here, here's the thing. We've all played games. Right. You know? And the one thing that I hate about playing table, even hero clicks, or, you know, when I, when I, I competitively spar in Taekwondo as well, is losing because I made a mistake. But if I'm in the situation, even when I, when I was playing poker competitively, you put yourself in the best position to win. And then you deal with the outcome. And then, you know, so Hero Clicks, as much of a strategy game as it is, it's a dice roll as well. Right. So you can put yourself in the best situation, the best team to win, where you have the, the highest possibility of, of rolling to succeeding, and your roll messes up. I, you can't get mad at that because you put yourself there. That's what you came to do. Chance just didn't put you there. Right. The same, thing, same thing with poker. I agree but with that. But when it's a thing where, like, I missed this power, or I let my hands drop when I'm fighting, or I didn't read this guy right, or I didn't have the stones to stay in a hand, like any of those reasons. You didn't play the odds the right way. You didn't way. play the odds the right way. You, you got scared, or you pulled up, or whatever. Or even playing football, like, you know, you see a guy coming across the middle and you don't go full out to make the catch and the game's over. Then you're faced with the fact that what if I would have? Right. So at least this guy has the card in his pocket and knows I have the ability to be there. And the only reason that I'm not is because I made the mistake. See, that's a positive way to look at that. Because what I was thinking in my head the whole time, I, mean, I was that, like, that's, that's how I would take away from it. I don't know if that's what he takes away from it. Yeah, I'm not sure either because... That's because how he, I look at it. Because he stopped he, for 10 years. <laughs> right. Well, he stopped for a long time. And so even though he's not competitively playing, he's got this card in his wallet. Reminding himself of his failures while he's not playing. Right. To me, it's almost like, this is the reason you suck. Well, I mean, that's you looking negative at everything. <laughs> Positively. I'm a very positive I'm person. I'm the captain. HIV positive. Whoa. Hey. hey you're not my doctor. Yeah. You're not my real dad. <laughs> if I say the name Josh Boone, does that mean anything to you? It means that you have too many Instagram people you follow. So Josh Boone is a director. Okay. He is allegedly going to be directing a Fox movie entitled The New Mutants. I don't, speak, I don't, know, them. I don't know that I'm excited about this. So New Mutants. I am, um, I'm excited. So here's the thing. Anything Fox is going to do before, outside of just the X-Men, I'm excited about. Okay. Before Take we a continue, chance. Before we continue, we must go to a break here. Let's go to a break. Our must. producer is telling us that we must go to a break. All right, so we're going to take a break when here. We come we'll come back, back we're going to do the Mount Rushmore of New Mutants. Ugh, okay, I'm not excited about this. All right, okay, we'll, we'll be right back. All right, guys, let me tell you about one of my good friends and a longtime fan and supporter of the show, Wrecker Mike. He's a good friend, and he, he takes care of me every time I've had myself in a bit of trouble, and he can help you guys out too. Whether you simply locked your keys in your car, or God forbid you get in a car accident or something, and you, or you want to try and just save some money on a deductible, or you've had too much to drink, and you just don't want to mess with the DUI or even run the chance of getting one, Wrecker Mike can help you out. You want to give him a call at 281-830-5819. That's 281-830-5819. Wrecker Mike, he's my friend, and trust me, when you need him, you want him to be your friend too. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to buy ads for the month of May. And welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio, inside of the Nerd Thug Radio studio, live on Money Green Music, home of the Throwback. I am the Captain Joey Savage, sitting here with my man Corey DLG, whoop, whoop. the fabulous Freebird Nico Stinko. The Freebird, I like Fal- Fabulous Freebird. You're so, a burrito. So right oh, after man. we... Um, Michael Hayes, Fabulous Freebird. So right after, before we went to the break, I mentioned the name Josh Boone. I'm going to touch real quick here. So Josh Boone is going to be directing this movie, The New Mutants. 
on his Instagram this week, he started posting up character drawings of the what everyone believes is going to be the main cast. So I basically, um, I'm going to run this down this list real quick. Uh, you have Elena Rasputin, which is right. magic, which right. is Colossus's little, little sister. sister. You've got a Wolfsbane, mm-hmm. who's like what half wolf, half female. She's basically like a female werewolf. You've got uh, Danny Moonstar, who's Native American. Name, Native American. Her name is Mirage. You've got a guy named Cannonball. He's a country boy. Country boy. And then Thank you've got, God, I'm a country uh, boy. You've got Sunspot. Was Sunspot not in um, Days of Future Past? Yeah, he was. So he was. this will be a younger version of him, I would I would imagine. Yeah, yes. And then you've got a warlock, which a character you're not too big on. I'm pretty excited yeah, about. Yeah, well, it's not that in the comic books I like him. So here's the thing. So the New Mutants was introduced in the 80s. These were the young... Every the next gener- version of mutants. Yeah, every generation has a next version. It went New Mutants, then it went Generation X, uh, and then there were other times. They're young X-Men, famously. Uh, but So the New Mutants were... It was, a, it was about 10 or 12 of them. They went on these really cool adventures. There are some really good runs. However, essentially, the New Mutants were just... They keep getting overshadowed. They never, None of these guys ever really become X-Men. They don't, they don't develop... Yeah, magic does. Magic, uh, magic is pretty Magic cool. is a big deal now, and Cannonball has started magic, to... Magic, Cannonball, and Sunspot. They're, they're now in the forefront. Right. Um, but really, for like 20 years, nothing ever happened with these I'll, guys. I'll just briefly mention this, and then we'll, we'll jump into the next bit. Fox has really just done X-Men stuff, and they've right. done Wolverine. So right. I'm excited to see something different in that universe. And I've been wanting magic in a movie for a long time. This is such a complicated character. She though. is, and I don't know how they're going to take a spin on it. I don't know. I don't know what direction uh, Boone's going to take. But I will tell you this: I'm excited for it. <laughs> so I saw his stuff on Instagram. Right. Speaking of Instagram, you also saw something this week. I guess we could entitle this section this week on Instagram. So I. Uh, again, I, I only got we're gonna have to work on that. <laughs> the only reason I ever even got on Instagram in the beginning was for hot chicks. Yeah. Oh, a lot of cosplay people, man, so many just beautiful women on, on Instagram and, and ladies. Keep up the great work on the IG. Totally support the Corey's trying to slip into the DM. The the empowerment on the IG. It goes down in the DM. No, I'm not that guy, but I do think it's awesome to see. Like these women take control of their own careers and use the Instagram to the do cool their thing about Instagram. It's owned by Facebook, and but Facebook people are just constantly just ranting and raving and all, all the politics on there. And, and it's great; it's just pictures. You see beautiful things. I mean, you get very few captions. Some people put long posts; you don't even have to look at it. Right, it, you're there for the pictures. Right, and a lot of it's cool imagery, and a lot of it's really cool. But these people get to control their career; they're now in charge of their content, and I think that's really great for them. So, Corey DLG, what did you see this week on <laughs> so the what IG? I, what I clicked on on the IG was it was an article about the 19 hottest WWE divas on Instagram. Who's number one? Emery? Uh, no, no, uh, she was like she was like in the actually the Bellas were in the middle too. Uh, number one. Mars? No, here's the thing. is They, they talked about a lot of girls who aren't even current okay. divas anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. So who was number one? So number one was a girl. I, don't, oh, I can't think of her name now, but she hasn't been a diva for a couple of years. Start describing it to me and I'll um, She's blonde, busty, and unfortunately that's pretty much a whole era of these divas. Yeah, I mean, you just mentioned the entire 1990s of the WWE. Exactly. Uh, and like four of, So they mentioned the current ones. All the current ones were on there, okay. including Charlotte. And I don't think she's that hot. I, you know, I don't think so either. But on Instagram, she, she actually takes some some good photos and actually looks a little bit better. Um, so you don't remember who number one was? I don't remember because she wasn't a real. She wasn't someone who's active on the roster at the time. Hmm. She wasn't a real diva. She's not a real diva. <laughs> Young, um, old. What is it? Uh, she. That's the thing. Is like I didn't realize there was this era kind of before right now. Yeah. 
where there was there was like a whole other run of divas. I don't remember ever Mickey seeing James. Either. Yeah, was I, Mickey James there. Mickey James. Lita. Yeah, she was the, she was the number nineteen, and I thought she was probably actually the hottest one out of all of them. But I, like I don't remember her. Black Widow was it the Black Widow. Uh, What's the, her name? Yeah, it might be. What was her name? She was uh, married or dating. CM Punk for the longest time. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's who it is. It's uh, AJ Lee. AJ Lee. Yes, okay. So AJ one? Lee was number one. See, I told you I could get it. You did. Um, But, like, so number 19, I thought was the hottest one because she, this chick was stacked and who she was, was like it? a two-time diva. It was the, the blonde girl you just mentioned Mickey before. Mickey James? Yeah. Uh, she was too big. Was she? Not like fat, but she was, she was very muscular. See, now she's not muscular. Now, now she's, she's lost just a model. She, I don't know what happened. She came into the WWE and, like, took it by storm really fast and then just flatlined out. See, and she lasted like maybe a year. I, I guess that's that was like half the girls on here were from that And then she went to era. TNA and she wrestled in TNA. Maybe for a that's long time. what it is. Is like these girls kind AJ of all Lee, though, AJ Lee did a lot of awesome stuff. I mean, she changed. She kind of helped change the the game. Well, she was te- she actually was a good wrestler. She was her and also um, and this is what I don't get. Uh, there's a chick from London. You're really young. Her name's Paige. And she, yes. she kind of dethroned AJ Lee. Yes. And became the champion. And they were touting her because she comes from a wrestling background. She's only like 19, 20, 21 at the time. Right. But had been wrestling for like five years already in London. And, uh, she was really good. And I don't know what happened, but she's just not in the forefront anymore. Well, there's, now they have so many divas. And they I do. Think, it's pretty awesome. I think, I there's think there's a lot of good great. ones on next too. Right. And here's the thing is I think it's great that there's so many, but the problem is half of them are good and half of them are beautiful. Right. Um, and there's only a couple that are, that are good and beautiful. And I think it's kind of what WD's, WWE is trying to find are those beautiful, good wrestlers. Cause obviously the dudes are all hunk the, you know, Triple H is a good looking dude. John Cena is a good looking guy. I, I will say this though. As big of a fan as I've been of wrestling for the longest time, the fans never really get who they want as the champion. Right, right. Vince McMahon and the CEO and the board—they kind of do. They're they're real big on these big guys, like bigger well, wrestlers. Well, they famously—I read an article about this where they've internally commented in the comments of leaked that they they don't like the idea of somebody who looks like everybody being champion. Yeah, but so they didn't like Daniel Bryan being oh so famous. But they like CM Punk. Well, they did, but they also didn't weren't comfortable with him being champion. So his reign as champion—the reason his reign went as long as it did was because the other. Stars of the WWE weren't available. They, they they weren't. They didn't want to give it back to John Cena because he'd had it for like ten years. Do you think yeah. they're? Do you think they're worried that because all these like backyard wrestling things popped up and like ECW and ROH and a bunch of indie type stuff, and so then a lot of kids were doing this stuff at home. You know, they got the trademark. Don't try this at home. Right. They would think that a normal looking wrestler would. Make kids want to do that even more, as opposed no, to no. I don't think it's out of a hero. I don't think it's out of a liability so much. It's just out of the the mythic concept that some of these guys are physically. You know how they always exaggerate the stats. The Big Show's not really seven foot six, five hundred. No, pounds. but I'm gonna tell you one of the reasons I stopped watching wrestling is because I get tired of getting force fed the crap of the Big Show in the title hunt, or whenever it was Fatu, or uh, right, just all these big dudes like even like Brock Lesnar. Like honestly, no one can beat Brock Lesnar. Like how. He's, he's, he's Don't cool. make it the chant. Like they, they try and take different directions with them, but make it more realistic. I guess maybe because I'm older. When I was younger, I, I bought into it. But as right. I've gotten older, okay, this dude literally cannot go in there and beat Brock Lesnar. Right. So they got to come up with some gimmick or some way for him to lose, which is what they've done. Every time Brock has lost, it's been by no way of his own. Right. But I just get tired of seeing like – Except these, Roman Reigns. I, yeah, Roman so, Reigns beat him straight up. People hate Roman Reigns. They do. But I don't understand why because – 
He is to me. But you know why people hate Roman Reigns? Because it's so obvious. He's the stereotypical WWE type champion, and the fans are tired of that. We they want to see something different. They want to see something high flying, exciting. Roman Reigns does like six moves, trademark moves. Right. That's basically all he does. Yeah, you're right. But when CM Punk was the champ, the the numbers weren't there. The, the fans loved it, but the numbers weren't there. So they had to they had to move on from. They that. didn't have a lot of secondary. Uh, that's part true. That's part true. Of the, the middle big, of the card wasn't strong. part of the big sh- about a show. It's not necessarily the main card. It's all the stuff in the beginning of the middle. When you're force fed crap in the middle, you don't no you don't need to stick around. around. That's true. The, the middle like, there wasn't there wasn't Randy Orton. Triple H wasn't around. Where is, I wish he would come back. Yeah, what's going on there? He's been hurt. So let's jump back um, to the women. So one of, so one of the things I'm excited. So we just finished a pay per view uh, payback at WWE. The next pay per view on the card is going to be Extreme Rules. Okay. So far they've only announced two matches. One of them's pretty obvious. Roman Reigns is going to defend his title again against AJ Styles, who AJ Styles put on a hell of a show at Payback. He he's a great wrestler. He However, carried TNA by himself, correct? And now he's on a main card in WWE at his age, and it's going to be an Extreme Rules match. So it's going to be fun to watch because of AJ Styles. But the only other match that they have announced, and I saw it today, and it kind of piqued my interest because it's taking women's wrestling into a whole new era, right? So Charlotte's going to defend her title again, against yes. Natalia again. But it's going to be in a submissions match. Right. Every time you get a women's stipulation in the past, like brawn panties, right. or lingerie match, yeah. or a lingerie match, or this is going to be a submission match. So this is a real The match. only way to win is to make your opponent submit. So it's right. basically Ric Flair's figure four versus Bret Hart's sharp sharp shooter. Shooter. That's how they're yeah. building it. Correct. Both those guys are going to be in the corner. I think it's going to be exciting, and it's taking women's wrestling to a whole new... Era. It, again, we talked about this before. It's the women's title now, not the right. Divas. Right. The women's title. We, we talked about this before. They're legitimizing women wrestling. It's and, awesome. And people like Charlotte are helping because she's a good wrestler. Yeah, she's she a physically is. talented wrestler. And, and Natalia Neidhart, for her you know, size, she's powerful. Very powerful. So she's not big. Like no, she's know, shorter. She's not. Yeah, she's not your like uh, China big, right, or anything like that. But she's powerful and stout, kind of like her. And her she's, she's a skilled wrestler. Just like her dad was. Her dad was a very smaller but powerful guy. Is it? it was Jim Neidhart? Oh, okay. okay. Jim Neidhart and since Natalia Neidhart, the okay. heart connection. Jim okay. Neidhart and Bret Hart. Well, yeah, because Bret Hart would come out and they called it the niece. I thought maybe it was Owen's kid. No, because uh, Jim Neidhart married one of Bret's sisters. Oh, okay. There you go. She is his niece. There you go. Yeah, I think the women. I think the women are really getting their opportunity to step up and show something different. And but I think I think you're right that. They're rejecting Roman Reigns as the champion, and I think they're doing a smart thing by just having him turn heel. You know what? Another thing that's really, really hurting them is, and I said this when it came to uh, UFC and MMA, is all the new anti-doping, anti-steroid policy. And while, yes, it is better for these people in the long run, and I'm not going to take that away because I'm glad they have it because health is a major issue. Yeah. But a lot of guys are getting hurt. Right. Um, top guys are getting hurt, and they're having you know, Well, also the top guys are getting old. Well, no, they, no, had, well, they hadn't been bringing in a lot of young talent. Bray Wyatt now. is not an old guy. The, okay. Bray Daniel Wyatt. Bryan is not an older guy, per se. He's well, been around a long time. That's the He's thing in is, his like, mid-30s, but that's not but, old. But Daniel Bryan has like a 15-year career. So being in your mid-30s. Well, so is Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's got a – I mean, if any of you don't know this, Bray Wyatt is um, – you know the guy they have on the show, um, the fabulous Bo Rotundo? Yeah. They're brothers. Okay. They're the sons of the guy who played – IRS, that character. Oh. They're his kids. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, Bo Rotundo, and I forget what uh, Bray's, I think it's, I think he went by like Mike Higginbotham at one point in WWE <laughs> before he turned to Bray Wyatt. <laughs> okay. But Bray Wyatt, I mean, even though they've had careers, the mid-30s is nowhere at the end of your time. Well, but that's wrestling. not true. It really isn't. Now, in wrestling, it wasn't because 
of steroids. Yeah, but wrestling people were using the steroids and the painkillers to prolong their career another ten years. But, but if you look at athletically, in the NFL, the NBA, no, not this NBA, is, not really basketball. Baseball and NBA, you can play a while. No, 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 no. In the NBA, come on, Tim Duncan, he's an exception. There, there are exceptions to the rule. How old is Dwayne Wade now? Dwayne Wade's only 30, 31, 32. Well, and he's had like three knee surgeries. Is he that young? Yes. I think he's a little older than that. He's, he's from the LeBron James Chris Bosh draft. So he's 32. Is he? Yeah, yeah, but he was in college for two years. So at best he's 32, 33. That's what I'm I'm 32. Saying. Maybe you're right. I, I mean, these guys are breaking down at about the time when athletes break down if you're not using steroids <laughs> and painkillers. I will say this. I mean, they, you know, people see the shows on Monday and the SmackDowns. And the main event shows, but they're doing house shows as oh, well. Yes, and they're doing dark matches at the show, so they're they're doing more than what you just see on TV. Maybe the WWE is just waiting too long to push some of these guys. I think it's the thing is, and by the time they get to their, you know, where they're going over the fans, they've been so long pushing. They're, they're getting injured, then they've got to take all different kind of directions. Right, and that's the problem is, and I think that's why you've seen this flood of NXT talent now, is because the reality is they kind of looked around and there was no one left on the roster. NXT, or do you mean NXTNA? Because a lot of Next people now are XTNA people. Well, and that's, but that's, and some people are starting to get put off by Next because there's so much TNA talent coming in. But they're, here's the deal is these other people have developed talent in these other places, New Japan and things like that. But the reality is there's only one stage you want to be on, and it's WWE. Yeah, now, yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, okay, great. You were you were at TNA for 12 years. Great. You're not – you weren't relevant yeah, anymore. Famous, uh, you're not famously, but Samoa Joe is now the next champion, and he carried TNA for years. He hasn't even made it to the main roster yet. Right. He's, where AJ Styles just skipped through and well, went straight to the roster. And part of that is because AJ Styles is so old. 37 years well, old. Samoa Joe is not young either. They're well, about the same age. I think that I think there's just a little bit more. Samoa Joe doesn't have the body that right. WWE wants. That's right. The thing. It, it, he looks like me, but can kick your head off. Right. And also, and is a Samoa. also they, they kind of feel like there's probably a little bit more tread on Samoa Joe's tires. AJ Styles has already dealt with some injuries and stuff, and so they feel like they've got to get him out there. They've got to get him through a WWE contract now or never. The part of the thing with WWE now is they're not creating original content really much anymore. They're just taking these guys that are coming from TNA that everyone already knows, bringing them in, and then the guys from New Japan bringing them in and then just promoting them up and running the same type of story. Well, because lines. they don't have time to develop anything because right now the card is so empty. There's so no one There's no got, one to wrestle. So AJ Styles, there's two guys, two tag, a tag team that just debuted a couple yeah. weeks ago. And, and they, they were a faction. AJ Styles and them were a faction in New Japan. Right. Now they just brought their show over to the WWE. And literally the announcers even referenced that together they were in New Japan for years yeah. together as a faction. What I think is most important, though, is just the age is starting to catch up with... It really is. So without steroids, without painkillers... The, WWE has kill, to change I, its. I don't head. know if painkillers are. I think it is. I think it's a big part. They can of use. Well, you know what I'm saying. Like they can still use the painkillers with a doctor prescription. But but he, what these guys were doing before oh was just God. yeah abusing the crap out of them. Right. That's what I would do. Well, famously the scenes from the Mickey Rourke movie, The Wrestler. Yeah, I feel like that's probably movie. more accurate than people. I'm pretty sure that movie on. was based after Jake the Snake. <laughs> you know what I mean? It seems like it was really. And so these people who now they used. I mean, Hulk Hogan's what 65, and yeah. he still wants to take matches. Yeah, uh, and it's because he got through those 40s and 50s with the aid of with ease. With well, not with ease, but with the aid of drugs no, and with no, the yeah, aid of steroids with, with and with the greatest of ease, with the help of doctors. And so now health is more important. They're trying to trying to take care of these guys, but what that also means they're not trying to ruin their lives. For exactly. Later on. So what happens now is injuries creep up. So Daniel Bryan's body—he's a small guy. 15 years worth of bumps, 
It finally catches up to and you. And not just your normal bumps. The dude was high-flying crazy. He was crazy. He was a maniac. And there's only so many times you could just bounce your body off the mat. Unless your name the... is Jeff Hardy. Then you just take drugs and keep going. Man, that guy, <laughs> he looks like he takes drugs at this point, though. It looks pretty bad. So there's a new guy in wrestling that I'm really excited about. And we're not going to touch too much on it because we're about to get it's out Macaulay of here. Culkin. No, Finn, <laughs> Finn Baylor. You watch that guy? No. He wears like this demon like face paint. They call him like the demon or whatever. Okay. But he's a good guy. Like, All right. He has been. He was the champion next. For the longest time, and they just he just lost his title to Samoa Joe because they promoted him to the main roster. Okay, uh, but they put up a picture today where he had like done a match where he face painted uh, Darth Maul instead <laughs> of uh, May the Fourth be May with the you. May the Fourth be with you. Yes. So I feel like this is a great show. What do you think? Um, I think we nailed it. So I've noticed a few things. Okay, there's certain words that we use quite often. <laughs> so Corey likes to go use the word famously, famously a lot. Um, I Even use on people that aren't famous. famous yeah, I, I use it for described scenarios. Famously, we, they we, would. Yeah. We both like to use the word obviously. Well, of course, obviously, because we know everything. And then I, I noticed that I started to do this thing where you like say, ask me, tell me something that you think is true. Uh, blood bounces on ice. Is it though? Y- yes. yes. Is it yes. though? Yes. Is it though? Like I do that. That doesn't you. even make sense. I know, but I do it. To, but I do it to you all you the do. time. You really do. I mean, I might as well be walking on the sun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I told you I'd sneak it in one more time. And on that note, guys, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna get it out of here. We're gonna play some music. I'm probably gonna come back and do. Of course, gonna wrap it up, but he's not gonna thank us twenty five thousand times in the closing. Apparently, I say thank you too much. You do on the closing, so we do. Come. The fans probably do appreciate it, but when you say our names about thirty eight times, well, you know what? I'm not gonna thank you guys anymore. Then, well, thank us once in the very beginning, and <laughs> then do end. like a solo. <laughs> then you know what? Thank us once, and then read Hamlet. Read Hamlet. Yeah, just read oh, like yes. a read an excerpt from Hamlet. Well, you're gonna get this guy going on Hamlet. I, I love can't do this. Hamlet. It's I know. So, great. so just say. You know, guys, I want to thank Joey Savage and uh, the Leatherback, the Leatherback <laughs> Nico, uh, the to Red be Hulk. or not and to then, be. Now I'm going to read an excerpt from Hamlet. I'm and then just read that. a minute and that's, half of Hamlet. That's and not going to happen. I hope you do that. That's not going to All right, guys. All right, Joey Savage signing out. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, guys. Let me tell you about one of my good friends and a longtime fan and supporter of the show, Wrecker Mike. He's a good friend, and he, he takes care of me every time I've had myself in a bit of trouble, and he can help you guys out, too. Whether you simply locked your keys in your car, or God forbid you get in a car accident or something, and you, or you want to try and just save some money on a deductible, or you've had too much to drink, and you just don't want to mess with the DUI or even run the chance of getting one, Wrecker Mike can help you out. You want to give him a call at 281-830-5819. That's 281-830-5819. Wrecker Mike, he's my friend, and trust me, when you need him, you want him to be your friend, too. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to buy ads for the month of May. Finish him! Alright, that sums up another episode of Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music. Home of the throwbacks. Uh, that just about does it for us, so I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Joey Savage and Nico Dostinko. Um, As always, can't get it done without my boys. You always got to have their help. Hope everybody enjoyed the show this week. We did something different. We talked about wrestling for a little bit. We don't typically do that, but uh, we had some time on this one, and we wanted to kind of get into some different stuff. Uh, but you know what? Go ahead and give us some feedback on what you think, and uh, if you have a favorite Instagram model or something you'd like to follow yourselves, feel free to make a comment on Facebook or our Instagram also. So we've got Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and now we also started a YouTube with this week. I hope everybody had a chance to catch the pre-show. We debuted that on our YouTube channel. Go ahead and take a look at that. 
Start subscribing there. We're going to try and get some content going there. We want people to kind of see the process as it happens. We want everybody to have fun with us as we get all this stuff made. Because we really enjoy it and we have a blast doing it. So we want you guys to see, you know, kind of kind of a little preview of how it goes. And hopefully that will kind of become a thing and you guys can enjoy it with us and help us grow this thing together. Uh, we're working on getting some shirts made. Hopefully in the next day or so we're going to get those up on the Facebook page and you'll be able to see what we've got going on there. And as always, Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, talking nerdy to you.